is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to uh, another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. we got a big one today. Big win for the Jets. Big game coming up this weekend for the Bombers. And big, big news and announcements for the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. We'll be all over it today for the next couple of hours. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you. Andrew Collier from the Winnipeg Gold Eyes is going to join us towards the end of the program in and around 2.30. Gold Eyes having a big media conference right now announcing, I believe, a new stadium naming partner and probably the most significant upgrade to the ballpark since the ballpark was built. So I'm um, really looking forward to having, uh, having that. And, of course, this is the countdown to the West Final. We're going to head to BC. Farhan Lalji of TSN is going to jump on. Should be a fun conversation. I'll actually get the pulse of just the fans around Vancouver who traditionally are so miserable, but they've got a lot of things to be excited about right now with the way the Canucks have played early on this season. And, of course, the Lions coming to uh, Winnipeg on Sun or on Saturday to compete for a trip to the Grey Cup. And, you know, Farhan does such a great job in the National Football League as well. We'll probably pick his brain on some Super Bowl contenders as well. And then a uh, great day to have Scott Billick on. Big J Journal Billick has been all over the uh, Nito Niederreiter conversations with the uh, agent coming to Winnipeg and a potential extension. So we will certainly talk about that. We will dive into the Jets' big win last night in St. Louis and look ahead to tomorrow against the Nashville Predators and Saturday's game at home against the Dallas Stars before the West Final count up at 5.30 as part of a Super Sports Saturday here in the peg. Um, just before we get Remo in here and kind of dive into last night's win for the Winnipeg Jets, a big shout-out to the sponsors that make this show happen every day. Couldn't do it without them, including Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech, Modern Man Barbershop, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, the Winnipeg Jets, Little Brown Jug, Nick and Nicky DQ, Wallace and Wallace, F Apparel, and our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market. And we'll tell you in a little bit. Keep your eyes out for a promo with a, for a great prize we'll be giving away at the end of Men's Health Month with Vita Health coming up on the program. And of course, we might get to the why not question of the day right off the bat, to be honest with you, coming out of last night's game for Not Autocorp over at Waverly and McGilvery. But First things first, let's get Remus in here and get this show going. What's going on? Feeling good, Has Big win yesterday. Good for the Jets finishing the road trip at 2-1. and one. And, you know, the sign of a good team, Hus, is beating teams below you in the standings. Uh, Vegas seems to have the Jets number this year, winning two. But win over Arizona, I think uh, there was some definite pushback in that one. And final game of a road trip after a couple days in the sun, a uh, real nice one yesterday against the St. Louis Blues, winning 5-2. And, you know, everything, funny how often we talk about the power play. You know, last week the power play hurts them. We talk about Mark Shafley hasn't scored in a bunch of games. Uh, where's this top line been? And there they were last night uh, <laughs> leading the way, uh, what, combining for, for 10 points there. Alex, I follow, franchi- tying a franchise record of four four assists, so... Uh, nice performance from them. Get the two points and return home for some more divisional matchups. Yeah, I mean, listen, we'll. Uh, there, there's so much to get to from last night's game. I uh, joked on Twitter that you know afterwards I couldn't wait for the show to start. Just a, 
um, break down so many key contributors to a Jets win last night. But we've got to start off with Mark Shifley. And I don't want to go full Rennie here and separate my shoulders, patting myself on the back. But we did talk about this. Both shout out to everyone that jumped on the Winnipeg Sports Talk Parlay last night. Thank you, Mr. Shifley, for that goal. Um, you know, we talked yesterday on the program, everyone. I really thought that this was going to be a big game for Mark and his line. But Mark in particular, um, because of the way that the Winnipeg Jets, the Lowry line, Nino, Brendan Dillon, um, sort of picked him up and picked the team up after that giveaway that put the Jets down 2-0 in Arizona. And a lot of other incarnations of this team, that would have been a killer. It wasn't on Saturday. And, you know, much, you know, speaking to the depth of this hockey club and what we've seen from contributions from all levels of the forward units, um, you know, this was a time that, you know, the other guys had sort of been carrying the mail over the course of the last five games and getting results. You know, it was time for uh, the top line to remind everybody that they were the number one line or are the number one line on this hockey club. Um, what was our, what would we say yesterday? You had seven point, uh, seven players at either nine points or eight points. It was about time for Mark to have a big game and maybe put a little bit of a gap between he and the rest of the group. And that is exactly what happened. But to be honest, we can talk about the goals. We can talk about the assists. The all-around game of Shifley was as good as we've seen in a long, long time. I can't count the number of texts I've had some pe from people about Mark's performance last night. And I'll put this to people in the chat right now. In your opinion, why not question of the day for not Autocorp, but Waverly and McGilvery? That was Mark Shifley's best game since when? Let us know in the comments. Uh, I don't know about you, Ramiro, but that was the, the best we've seen from Mark in a long, long time. The team needed it. He needed it. And um, that was just a full, engaged, 60-minute performance that showed the best of Mark Shifley last night. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, you look at that Neil Pionkel has who's in the neutral zone back check and getting the puck back. Uh, Mark Shifley does a little nifty uh, give-and-go there with Pionk, who puts it in and uh, you, know, you look at the power play, you know, I had joked last week that the Jets' power play was kind of like bubble hockey, where they were stuck in their rods and you could only move. <laughs> and, I mean, I don't know if Rob Thomas uh, heard that and kind of stopped watching Mark Shifley on that first power play goal. He thought, oh, he's just going to stand there and not move. But, oh, look, you can actually move on the power play house. And Mark Shifley went to the net, and it was a perfect bang-bang play with Alex Iafalo finding him. Uh, great time, and Kyle Connor said after they had practiced that, and oh look, the power play now after not you know going a bit cold there has now scored in three straight, and they scored in uh, in two power plays yesterday. So the power play, you know, you're getting stuff from special <laughs> teams. We've talked about how good they are at even strength. You know, I'm looking at uh, at money puck there. Uh, you know, Connor Hellebuck maybe you know they what expected goals or state goals saved above expected was still. A negative, negative number, but I thought he was solid when he needed to be and did get bailed out a bit by uh, huh. by Nemesnikov and DeMello. I don't think you huh. see those kind of saves too often. Yeah, second why not question of the day for Autocorp. Who made the best save last night? Was it Hellebuck? Was it Bennington? Or was it Dylan DeMello or Vlad Nemesnikov? And this speaks to the way this team is playing for each other right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely selling out to do whatever you can do to help the team. And I thought that the play that Dylan DeMello made was, I mean, listen, that was a very, very crucial point in the game. I mean, the Jets did not start well at all. 
Um, they turned it around in the second half of the first period, got on the board and started feeling good. But the, um, the, the level of commitment to leaving it all out there and doing what you could do to do to help your goaltender was interesting. I, I, I was watching the game with a couple buddies and, you know, so many times we've talked about Hellebuck making these ridiculous saves to prevent what would be a sure goal because of breakdowns in front of him. It was the other way last night on a couple of occasions and um, Dylan DeMello at the top of that list and um, Vlad with the big one that got through DeMello, but he was the second line of defense on a big save as well. I mean, it just speaks to how committed and locked in these guys are. That was a big, big part of last night's game because if those go in, I mean, listen, the Jets definitely, they controlled the play. They were the better team. But as we all know, I mean, a goal here or there can completely change the dynamics of a hockey game last night. And those plays, while not showing up on the score sheet, were massive in the Jets' victory. Yeah, Pavel Buchnevich, after the game, was almost dumbfounded. He's like, I got to put these in. And, you know, the Jets in both games against the Blues, I thought, really dominated. But there were a couple chances in that first game. The Blues had some breakaways, uh, multiple, and they weren't able to score on Hellbuck. In this one, there were some open nets. The puck... It was kind of bouncing around and avoiding the Jets net, but you're looking at, you know, money puck uh, deserved to win meter They got the Jets at 82%, and uh, with expected goals, they have 4 to 1.6. So, I mean, the Jets, they did their job. They did what they needed to do, uh, put the puck in the back of the net, and, you know, maybe Jordan Bennington could have played a bit better on the, uh, what, the Kyle Connor second goal uh, yeah. going behind the net. You'll but, love to see it. Uh, but, hey... <laughs> Uh, look, special teams, the Jets, you know, took a penalty early. They were able to kill it, and they were two for three on their own power play. Uh, they won in faceoffs, outshot them, you know, outscored them. Uh, it was a great it was a great win for the Jets. Has to come home feeling good and a bunch of divisional matchups. So, I mean, it was, it was a great Tuesday night uh, if you're a Jets fan, that's for sure. Yeah, um, you know, and, and again, we'll get more into uh, Shifley's performance last night, um, you know, along with Kyle Connor. Um, but you mentioned Alex Iafallo. I mean, you know, it's easy for us to focus on Shife and Connor, but that was um, that that was one of Alex Iafallo's best games. And as much as you know, Shifley was was really really engaged on the forecheck. I mean, that Kyle Connor's second goal was directly a result of Shifley winning a battle on the boards behind the net um, and turning it around quickly and making that happen. Um, but as I joked to you before the show, uh, Remus. Humans are no match for AI because Alex Iafalo is, uh, what has he got, 10 points now in the season? What is What does our old pal PLD have? Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, Alex Iafalo with four assists yesterday, 10 points on the season, tied for third on the team in points with Josh Morrissey, Kyle Connor, Mark Shafley now tied for, for share of the lead with 12 in 12 games. But I'm looking over at PL stats with the LA Kings this year. Six points in 11 games. Um, how about IFL? He's got 10 in 12. And he was, I don't i don't want to say a throw-in, mm-hmm. but not the primary piece of the trade. We haven't even seen a whole lot of Gabe Velarde. So the early returns on this trade looking very strong uh, for the Winnipeg Jets here. And who I think it was Barkivas or someone joking on Twitter, just, hey, you know, this is a tracker we're going to keep, we're going to be looking at all season, I think. We're going <laughs> to be comparing, I mean, we compared, you know, line A, Dubois for a while, but now it's Dubois versus uh, the Three Kings. And Alex Afal, I mean, he's 
playing a big role. I think playing a big role for them uh, on the top line. And you saw it yesterday. Four assists ties a franchise record. Who had the uh, four assists before? PL PLD. PLD. <laughs> PL did so. Uh, kind of funny there. Four. I can't believe four assists. No one said four assists and more than four in Jets Thrashers history. Apparently not. Apparently, Apparently yeah. not. Well, AI had it last night, and um, you know he was. He was doing exactly what I think a coach wants from a player to um, be a perfect complementary piece with Shifley and with Kyle Connor. And I mean, great problems to have, as we kind of thought about yesterday. But, you know, if we want to get ahead of ourselves, if the team stays healthy and the team is playing the way that it is, it won't be easy just to slide Gabriel Velarde right back in with Shifley and Connor, although I imagine they will do that. And then figure out where does Alex Iafallo fit? Um, you could certainly play him with the Lowry line, but I don't think anyone's thinking about breaking up Lowry, Niederreiter, and Mason Appleton right now. Um, and obviously, maybe you can tweak that second line uh, a, a little bit. But you know, with him on the wing, and Perfetti playing the wing, and Ehlers playing the wing, there seemingly will be an odd man out unless they do get you know move Perfetti back to center. And potentially Vlad, um, who had a heck of a game last night, would uh, would um, move down to the fourth line. You know, we mentioned Metsnikov and the play that he made in the save. And, you know, potentially, of course, he started on the fourth line, moved up after this the, the switch. He has been um, everything the Jets could have hoped for and more. But I'll, I'll add in Morgan Barron, Rasmus Kapari, David Gustafson, Another really strong game for the fourth line last night. Living in the other teams uh, and getting some scoring chances. Morgan Barron mixing it up as well. Um, a lot of times, Remus, we'd be talking about a game where the Jets won in the fashion that they did. It would be all about Shifley, all about Connor and Iafallo. And I wanted to start there. But there are so many other guys that contributed to that win last night. Even the guys that might not have gone on the scoreboard when it comes to goals and assists. Yeah, you just look at their, you know, shot attempts numbers. That fourth line, Baron Gustafson and Kapari, they played nine uh twenty-eight together. So Ice Time, you know, you and I were talking about before the start of the show, distributed very evenly. For this one, they were nine shot attempts on ice four, uh five against, and you know, had a couple chances. And yeah, you know, Baron, he's got uh, he's got wheels and uh Kupari's finding his game and Gustafson is a solid two way center. So um Look, this team, sometimes, you know, you have the top line going, and if they're not going, it's been, what, that quote-unquote third line. Uh, second line has had their games as well. You know, mentioned Cole Perfetti. Nice to see him uh, on the ice there with the net empty at the end of the game. But uh, solid contributions, I think, from from everyone there uh, in last yeah. night's win. Uh, and, I mean, just going through it. Every forward over, like, in double-digit minutes uh, and no forward over 20 minutes. Shifley was the top forward at 1849. Kyle Connor was 1646. Um, and basically, all the lines played pretty much an even amount. I mean, Perfetti was on for 16 minutes. Niederreiter, 15. Nemetsnikov, 15. Lowry, 1543. And that line I just mentioned of Gus and Kapari and Morgan Barron, um, all in excess of 10 minutes. And Morgan Barron doing a little bit of shorthanded work as well getting up to 12-19 on the ice. Um, we could talk about the forwards for a while, and we will. Um, we certainly mentioned the save that Dylan DeMello made last night. 
Josh Morrissey continues to, I mean, he had two points last night, easily could have been three or four. Um, but man, maybe the best moment of the entire game was that goal by Neil Pionk. And listen, Pionk has been through um, a brutal week and a half, as we talked about yesterday with Mike and uh, his uh, in-depth conversation with Pionk after the uh, the passing of Adam Johnson and being out there for the funeral. And I think those last couple days, and if we heard me, we'll hear from Aya Fallow in a bit on that. Um, for Neil to be so close, to speak at the funeral and the celebration of life, and to come back in and get in, and, and knowing how much this was on his mind to the point where he was even thinking about it in the penalty box in Vegas last Thursday. When Neil Pionk ripped that shot top corner against uh, against Jordan Bennington, um, it was just a, a special moment. But Remus, it was the scene on the bench afterwards of a number of Winnipeg Jets sort of putting their arms on Neil. I couldn't tell whether he was crying or whether he was, you're, you're seeing it right now. But um, a real emotional moment, I think, for people on the bench. And I mean, honestly, just for Jet fans watching it, knowing what he'd been uh, what he had been going through. Yeah, what a game. What a time to score your first uh, goal of, of the season. Us, you know, you take some time off. You're at the celebration of life. You're at the private funeral. Uh, Neil, we talked with Mike McIntyre yesterday about how him and Adam Johnson, what were their best friends? He's the best man at his wedding. And that's got to be, I mean, extremely, uh, extremely tough to go through. And you certainly have seen that emotion. And you saw it there yesterday uh, after scoring. And we said, oh, he's, you know, he had a great game against Arizona. And he's, you know, despite what's going on, he's really managed to play pretty well. And uh, again, scoring with the second goal of the game, big one snipe over uh, Bennington's shoulder. And uh, what a scene uh, on the bench with uh, who's here? I think Ehlers and, and DeMello there, there with him. So, um, and, and we talked about like all week about how uh, what all the Minnesota guys I follow, Sandberg, uh, Schmidt, Toninato, you know, went on the private plane to the funeral and made it back in time for the game. Yeah, um, and, and listen, I, I um, as I mentioned on the show, I thought Pionk's game on Saturday was probably his best of the year. Um, you know, in the first period when not a lot was happening for, with a lot of his teammates, he was engaged, he was firing the puck. Um, you know, at, at some point, I guess, you know, when you're you're dealing with so much, um, you can just lean into it. And it really did seem like Pionk did that. And um, listen, I know he's had his fair share of critics. He's had ups and downs the last couple of years, but this is far bigger than, um, you know, where a guy sits on the depth chart of uh, defense. I mean, this was real life stuff and it was really hanging on him. So um, to see his teammates rally around him and to him have that game was um, was a great, great part of that Jet win last night. So as you mentioned, two and one on the road trip. 2-0 and oh this week in the division. Two more big division games. Tomorrow night, Nashville Predators, 7 o'clock Canada Life Center, and then part of Super Saturday coming up on uh, the weekend. 2 o'clock against the Dallas Stars, and then 5.30. We head to IG Field to see the Bombers get after it for a spot in the Grey Cup. We'll talk about that game and the matchup with Farhan Lalji coming up in just a few minutes, but... Let's hear a little bit more from the bomber room, or sorry, from the jet room last night. And we'll start it off with the head coach. And as I say, there was plenty of uh, individuals where you could have started off with, but um, we mentioned the big game from Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, Alex Iafallo. Arneil talked about uh, his top line reasserting him themselves and uh, having such a productive night in St. Louis. Uh, they were outstanding. Uh, you know, all three of them just... Uh, 
whether they had the puck and making the, the really good plays or it was it was dogging the puck to get it back and that's the part I mean you look at that first goal um, not the power play goal the other one where Shife tracked from behind and you know picked the puck off and they went in and you know Casey scored those are those are uh, you know types of situations that um, really makes the other team have a struggle when those three are playing like that they're hard to play against and uh, I just it felt like they had the puck the whole game they really did and uh, um, you know it was uh, great to get those guys on the score sheet all right so the boys are back on the score sheet and uh, they were also contributing big time on the power play the much maligned power play has now scored in three straight and it did seem like getting that one in Vegas even in a loss um, maybe just ease the pressure a little bit on the PP. One thing that I can tell you is that they're certainly getting to the net a lot more, and it has been working because many of the goals they've been scoring on the power play have been in tight in areas that they didn't have a lot of traffic before. Um, Arnie just talked about the significance of us scoring twice on the power play last night. You know, we had talked about it. It wasn't, you know, not to panic on it. We talked to Lau did a really good job of having a game plan. You know, we had talked about, you know, creating the shot and breaking them down that way. But that first goal, that was, you know, that was a great highlight. Tic-tac-toe play to the back door. And then the second one, you know what? If you shoot the puck, you never know. And we got it. There's the bounce that we didn't get maybe two weeks ago. Uh, it goes off a stick for KC, and it's in the back, and that's so. Um, you know, kudos to those guys. The whole road trip, uh, I thought our power play, uh, you know, really looked dangerous. A big part of the Jets' success in the last couple of games, getting back to even or ahead on special teams. They had uh, what was it, one-one on Saturday in Arizona, and uh, now two power play goals last night. A big development for a unit that had been struggling over the course of the last few weeks. Well, we just talked about Neil Pionk's goal. The scene on the bench afterwards with his teammates and their arms on him. Uh, here's what Scott O'Neill had to say about um, Neil Pionk getting on the scoreboard and uh, what he saw after. Yeah, it was big, and uh, you know, I know it, it hit him on the bench there after he did it, and I think everybody, you know, felt it a little bit. And um, you know, it's been a really tough week and a half, two weeks for him. And uh, the thing is, he's played great hockey for us. You know, I mean, it's it's been a bit, probably been a little bit of a release for him to get on the ice and just play and kind of maybe not think about those things. And um, again, he was fantastic tonight. On to the next, and that's five games at Canada Life Centre beginning tomorrow against the Nashville Predators. Um, here's the interim head coach of the Jets on this upcoming homestand, starting off with a couple big games in the Central Division. Start straight away. We got you know two divisional opponents right away. So um, you know we we did the, the we took care of the business on the road here. Um, did what we had to do to certainly win on Saturday and then tonight. But we got to come home with the same kind of effort. And you know we'll take the rest. We'll you know take tomorrow off and kind of reset ourselves for Thursday. And again, a Nashville team that we got to make sure that we're ready to go. All right. So well, we'll be all over that game tomorrow as we get ready to kick off game one of the homestand with the Jets hosting the Predators. Uh, I mentioned humans, no match for AI. Alex Iafallo, four assists last night, a big part of the resurgence of the power play. Here's what Iafallo had to say about uh, getting a couple with the man advantage last night. Yeah, both units are going. Uh, you know, it's fun when you play that way, just staying connected throughout the whole, you know, breakout to, you know, face-offs, just simple things like that. And, you know, everybody's been chipping in and, and you know, doing their job. 
your line today seemed to really be going and did that feel got I don't know how you view your last couple games as a trio but it seemed like tonight you guys were really clicking yeah tonight was uh you know we were having fun out there I think we just kind of just laid it all on the line really and um you know just using each other now that we're trying to figure out where we are I guess at least I am you know they're they're amazing players, so I'm just trying to find the right spots to get them the puck and, and get the puck as well. So, um, you know, it was a fun, fun game tonight with them. All right, there's uh, Alex Iafallo on the power play, and of course Iafallo, another former UMD Bulldog, was with Neil Pionk um, and some of his other teammates in Minnesota for the last couple days leading into the game on Tuesday at the funeral and memorial service for Adam Johnson. Um I Fallow talked about Neil Pionk scoring and uh, what it was like on the bench afterwards. It was uh, <laughs> it was a hell of a feeling, honestly, just to see him smile and, and get that goal. And you know, stuff been through the last few days. Um, yeah, for him to get that, it was it was pretty special. And you as well. You were you were at the service and whatnot. Yeah. So no doubt an emotional time for you as well. Yeah, very emotional. You know, love loved Adam. Um, you know, owed to his family and and everything. Um, he was a hell of a player, a hell of a friend. So. I could go on and on about that, but it was uh, it was good to be there and, and see everybody. You know, Remus, and we'll hear from Kyle Connor in a minute. Um, you know, I watched that a couple times last night. And first off, shout out to Mike McIntyre and the Free Press. Having Mike on the road, we know the way the business is right now. A lot of people aren't traveling. Um, we're not getting these great quotes and insight from players afterwards if um, the Free isn't making that commitment to have guys like Mike there. So... Shout out to them for doing it. But you, know, you saw the reaction of the team on the bench. You hear the guys talk about it afterwards. We've seen the way the team picked up Shifley after that giveaway against Arizona. We've always heard this team talk about how that they're really tight, they're a family. I've never believed it more than right now. Yeah, I think it's certainly fair. Um, you know, you see them laying out, blocking shots or... Uh, the effort you've seen in all zones this year, um, you know, and stuff like that. Guys on the bench. I mean, I feel like this has happened uh, a couple times this year where you see that that support. And yeah, I mean, Rick Bonus has said uh, we're a family, and you know, you definitely can see that a lot this year. A hundred percent. You know, it, it, and I had no idea how it was going to work. You make that trade with Dubois. You bring in three guys that probably were completely caught blindsided by a trade from L.A. to Winnipeg to be on a team that there was so much noise about and then to have Hellebuck and Shifley commit to the team, sign those long-term extensions. It's uh, no, there, there really is a legitimately good feeling around this team and both what they're doing on the ice, you know, certainly at 5-on-5, five five, you get these special teams going, uh, get Hellebuck up to another level. I mean, um, I... I think there's a ton of legitimate optimism about what this team is capable of. And, um, you know, on to this, uh, this next roadie, um, you know, we've talked a lot about Shifley and I have foul. Kyle Connor was a big part of last night's game as well. Um, uh, he spoke after the game uh, with a pretty epic Mo for November right now. Um, here's Connor on uh, the success of the line after a few quiet games for line one. Yeah, I think we were skating really well, pressuring their D's. Thought we created a lot of turnovers in their own zone, good sticks, and you know once we get the puck back, it seemed like you know we were just working to get get open for each other and uh, making the right play, getting pucks on that, and um, yeah, I felt like we had the puck a lot, and I think that's just you know our work ethic to get it back, and um, 
kind of playing within that system and um, you know we knew that they they try us kind of all over the ice that's the type of team they are and if we had good sticks and you know we, we played well coming back we, we turned the puck over and get it back all right so a little bit more from Kyle Connor uh, the success of his line and of course Kyle Connor being a very key part of that power play scoring on it last night uh, here's what he had to say about uh, getting a little success at five on four I think over the last four or five games, you know, we got in goals in three, but, you know, even, even before that, you could tell it was right there. You know, that happens so often. It, it's, you know, you make all these beautiful plays and the goalie robs you. And, you know, next thing you know, I'm, I'm over on the far side, you know, get into the net, goes off their demand stick, goes in. So, like, that's the type of stuff that happens. Um, you know, you got to create your own luck out there. But at the same time, I thought we were playing really well. Um, even, you know, the goal, uh, Shipe's first goal there. Um, you know, we talked about that play a million times. It just, you know, it happened, happened to hit tonight, and we were executing well. You know, <laughs> Kyle Connor's look right now is, is so epic. I mean, if you didn't know, and if you didn't have, like, updated logos and maybe the clothing was different, like, he could be right out of the late 70s or early 80s right now with that duster and the mullet. Yeah, it looks like he's on, like, Letter Kenny or something as <laughs> hockey guy, but... I'm seeing Chad. He looks like he could be in like Leonard Skinner or some like <laughs> '70s rock band. I think Eagles uh, had quite. It looks like that with that mustache. So he, yeah, it's quite a A plus uh, look with the long hair and mustache for for Kyle Connor. No, he's doing it up. Uh, one more from KFC and um, talking about Alex Iafallo, his contribution to the big win last night and tying a franchise record with four helpers in one game. He played really well tonight. I mean, he has all year, but I mean, tonight it seemed like, you know, every time he had a puck, he was making a play to someone in the slot or create a chance or getting the puck back by himself. So, yeah, it's, uh, um, you, you can tell he was, he was feeling it tonight. You guys have a great goaltender, but what does it mean when you also got, I think, three different defensemen that uh, are pulling out tremendous five alarm saves on the yeah. line? Yeah, we've seen DeMello can do that one. Uh, yes. Back to the, <laughs> the Edmonton no look hands, but. Um, it's just unselfish, unselfish players um, sacrificing their body, doing whatever they can to get in front of it and help out our goaltender, help out our team, you know, not let that in. And, you know, it just shows the type of character we got back there. And, um, I mean, let alone the skill, too, to do that. It's, it's a skill to be able to get in the lane and anticipate that play. So, uh, you know, all those guys, tremendous job. Selling out for the team, Kyle Connor with a bit of love for Dylan DeMello and uh, correctly mentioning the save that he made in the Edmonton game right now. I'm not sure if we can get like save percentage stats or, uh, you know, goalie analytics for defensemen, but I would suggest that Dylan DeMello would be right up near the top. And again, thanks to Mike McIntyre for uh, making all that happen with some great stuff post game last night for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, we're going to break this down a little more, look ahead to the homestand and get the latest from Billick on uh, what he's hearing about Nito Niederreiter and a possible extension in a few minutes. Uh, but we're going to switch over. Talk a little puck and a little football with Farhan Lalji as the uh, Bombers get ready for the British Columbia Lions on Saturday. Just before we do that, speaking of mustaches and Kyle Connors look right now, you all know that it is Movember. Um, the WST Movember team is in full growth mode right now, and uh, we're looking forward to an update in a few days from the fellas about how things are going on. Thanks again to everybody participating Folks, if you are able to, um, let's do our part to uh, help 
men's health and men's health health issues right now through supporting the Movember program. There's a link in the description of this video. If you're with us right now, you can just hit that QR code. It'll take you over to the WST team for a donation. And if you're listening on the podcast, go to winnipegsportstalk.com and click the link. Let's uh, get to the goal, support the guys, and uh, do our part for men's health. Of course, we're doing it in conjunction with our friends at Modern Man Barbershop, which will be the place to go for a full shave when the guys want to lose those things if they do at the end of the month. Modern Man has eight locations in Winnipeg, newest locations, Pemina Highway, and uh, out on the east side on Plessy Road. And, of course, they've got you covered with haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Great selection of men's hair care products and more. Uh, make an appointment and book your look via modernmanbarber.com for the most convenient location to you. And give them a follow on Instagram as well over at Modern Man Barbershops. Um, well, pool time's going to wait, but the experts at Aquatech are busy 12 months a year because in addition to being the pool leaders in town, they're also the leaders in whole home renovations with start with Aquatech. Aquatech has thousands of renos as their foundation and they can upgrade any space in your home. If you're ready to enhance your kitchen, your bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options. Um, And hey, I don't know whether the jet battery was just ready to go right at the start of the game, but uh, they did get a kickstart midway through that first period, and then we're off to the races. Um, you're not going to be wanting any kickstart, quick starts, boosting in the winter. And that's why you should get down to Manitoba Battery right now uh, for their winter ready sale, including the best prices on automotive batteries for your car or truck in town. Shopping local and saving money? What could be better than that? Your local option has the best prices in town, beating the pants off the big box stores. And even better, With your busy schedule, you're not even going to need to leave your home because Manitoba Battery will deliver it to you for free anywhere inside the perimeter of Winnipeg with any purchase over 60 bucks. It's just that easy. Head on over to manitobabattery.com, find out everything they've got on, order online, or give them a phone call at 783-8787. Donnie and his great staff will be able to help you. And hey, if you do want a free battery test to see where you're at as we get into the cold stuff, Pop by and see him in person, 1026 Logan Avenue. And uh, hey, just before we get to Farhan, we're going to be talking about the scene at IG Field on Saturday. Um, it is going to be a little chilly. Maybe not as chilly as the last couple West Finals have been. Uh, but we know that there'll be a lot of Bonner fans getting a little extra warmth, maybe hanging out at the Rum Hut and enjoying the great taste of Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian Club the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, At the game, you'll be able to get Canadian Club uh, at all the bars around the stadium. And don't forget the great taste of CC and ginger in pre-mixed cocktail form in cans, also available at the Blue Bomber game to get you through, hopefully, to that final gun and a trip to Hamilton for the blue and gold. Pick up Canadian Club at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. Next time you're popping in your local beer store, take a look for CC and Ginger. It'll be available there as well. Um, and as they say, I cannot wait for this football game. I think uh, many of you are in the same boat. Saturday in general, Dallas Stars coming in in a matinee, heading right into the game at IG Field. It doesn't get much better than that. 
Uh, we wanted to get a little bit more on uh, the visitors, the vibe out in Vancouver, not just for the Lions, but the incredible start for the Canucks. So let's welcome in TSN's Farhan Lalji to WST for a visit before the West Final. Farhan, great to have you back on the program. How are you? Good, Huss. Anytime. Love doing it. It's perfect time of year, isn't it? BC Winnipeg in the West Final. That's how it should be. Well, and you know what? It's it, it's kind of funny right now because it seems like there are I mean, you go across the country or watch Sports Center and people are freaking out in Edmonton and Calgary and Ottawa and Toronto. <laughs> and there's a pretty good vibe here in Winnipeg with both clubs. And just sports wise in Vancouver, um, this is strange. Usually there's so much despair and what coming from the West Coast. You've got yeah. the excitement of the football game. But how about this start with the Canucks? I mean, uh, that must be very exciting for Canuck fans uh, considering what they've been through over the last number of years. Yeah, certainly unexpected, right? I mean, you would have hoped that after the first dozen games that maybe they were 500 and just kind of treading water and hadn't played themselves out of it, right? Because that's what we've been used to the last few seasons. So uh, absolutely a breath of fresh air, you know, in the way the Canucks are playing. Um, you know, it feels sustainable because it's not like they're being carried by goaltending or carried by, like, unsustainable shooting percentages or whatever. Like, they're, they're playing well in a lot of areas. And it was a cool sports weekend all around because you had the Canucks playing on Saturday night. Before them, you had the Lions game. The following day, you had the Whitecap game. Uh, both Canucks and, or both the Lions and Whitecaps had crowds uh, over 30,000. And, um, yeah, and with the hockey team playing as well as it is and all the teams were kind of playing nice in the sandbox, promoting each other's events and shouting each other out on social media. So, it was a cool thing and, and kind of a rare thing if you're a Vancouver sports fan. We haven't seen this in a while. No, it, it is. I mean, it's awesome to see from afar. Um, just one more quick one on the Canucks before we get to the main event, which, of course, is the football game on the weekend. Um, well, listen, and I don't mind you asking me that just because I, the Oilers are still here and I was supposed to go cover them at UBC today. And I'm like, no, <laughs> don't make me do this. So, I, yeah, I'd, I'd rather talk about the Canucks. No we're, doubt. We're on the road right now. Is uh, is Rick talk at the toast of the town? I mean, what he's done with yeah. this club. He called them soft three games in. He's bench players in winning games, and yet it really seems to be getting the desired reaction from a team that, um, you know, had been underwhelming in the last few seasons. Yeah, you know, he's number one, some of these players have matured, right? I mean, you're seeing Quinn Hughes, who has taken this game to a completely different level and um, really wearing the C well. Uh, you know, and, and others knowing that it's not just on them have seemed to come together. But more than anything, Rick Talkett, yes, he, he's held these players accountable. He's created a structure um, and has been working on a culture. But, uh, yeah, you bench a player like JT Miller, it's only four minutes. But then, you know, you look at what Jay Woodcroft in Edmonton doesn't do to Evan Bouchard when he fails on a back check on a key goal in that game. And, you know, it just shows you kind of the, the differences of, of coaching philosophy and strategy and the impact that you could have. So, He's treating the top players a certain way. That went back to last season, and uh, it, it's absolutely working. You can just see that there are certain areas of the ice and types of important moments in the game that he's not giving in on, right? He just won't let you get away with certain things. And, you know, we'll see how long it can last, but so far the results have been really encouraging. Farhan, uh, let's get to Saturday, 5.30 after, in the afternoon here in Winnipeg. The Lions and uh, the Bombers are going to go at it for the fourth time this season fascinating season series between these clubs. BC laying one on the Bombers here in Winnipeg. The Bombers putting a 50-burger up on them in the rematch, and then arguably one of the greatest regular season games with so much at stake in the rubber match. Um, but all of that is in the rear view right now. Um, BC coming in after a real strong performance against the Stamps in the West Semi. Um, give us the, 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 the feeling around BC as they get to come in and... Um, 
try and do the, you know, get the goal from the beginning of the season. That was to beat the Bombers and be in the Grey Cup. Yeah, you know, I think when they lost that game to Winnipeg, um, I think a lot of people, myself included, felt they, they had no chance, right? And I'm not sure they've, they've got a chance, but um, they, they've got to feel good about how they're playing after that Calgary game. And look, it's Calgary. It's not Winnipeg, but just the way they played, the excitement that, that VA played with. I mean, you know, that, that first half especially uh, was the best I've ever seen him play. I mean, quite frankly, that first half was as good as anything I saw Nathan Rourke do a year ago. Right, uh, which is saying something. Now, again, it, it's Calgary. It's not Winnipeg, so uh, it's not as simple as that. And you're in Winnipeg. You're not in the friendly confines of BC Place. So, uh, a lot has to go right for BC to win this game, in my opinion, because you know Winnipeg knows how to play at this time of year. Um, you know, so it is football. Anything can happen. And certainly, Winnipeg. You know, what's impressed me the most about Winnipeg is the amount of times they've been able to win this season while playing their B game. Right, and and I've made a point of that. And that's not. Um, that's not a criticism of Winnipeg that they've played their B game so often. It, it truly is a compliment that they just know how to hang around, right? Uh, even in the game at BC Place, you know, you talk about the first and second games between these two teams uh, in Winnipeg as two completely different games. The two halves of the yeah. third game in BC were two completely different games, right? Because in, in that first game, the first half, BC was dominating. If it wasn't for a kick out of bounds, that all of a sudden gave Winnipeg great field position and gave him a chance to score in the first half, BC might have run away with that game, right? And then in the second half, uh, Winnipeg just showed the, the champions that they are, right, with how they came back and the adjustments that they made and, and, and turned it into a completely different game on both sides of the ball. So, um, you know, I expect to see the best of Winnipeg this game. I'm curious to see how the injuries impact that. Uh, you know, I, I believe that Dalton Schoen playing in this game is going to be a real long shot, right? Uh, I was surprised to see, see uh, Nick Dembski on the injured list, but I don't believe that's necessarily as serious, and I'm sure he's going to be available and, and play an even bigger role because, when, you know, when you look at guys like Oliveira and Dembski and Caleros, they're certainly comfortable in this setting weather-wise, big game-wise, and they know how to play. So for the Lions, I think if they're going to, they're going to be in this game in the fourth quarter, they have to start fast because as long as it's a one-score game in either direction – Brady Oliveira gets to play bully ball, right? And if if the Lions can jump on him and get a bit of a lead early, uh, and I, I don't know why they could because Winnipeg is so good, but if it just worked out that way and Winnipeg's got to get out of their game, then we'll see what happens. But is, if it's a close game, I just think the way Winnipeg plays uh, is going to take this thing over in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you know, it is such a great point. I had a fun chat with uh, the fellows at the BC Lions pod, Matt Baker, yesterday, our old pal, and you know, we were talking about the different ways the Bombers have shown that they can win games. Um, the one constant is with that line and with Brady Oliveira being the bulldozer that he's been this year, the Bombers have just squeezed teams in the fourth quarter and simply not given them the ball back. Um, and to your point, I think a good start being in that game or having a lead imperative for BC so they don't get in that position that many people, many teams have been at IG Field in losing efforts this year. Yeah, and it's not to say that, you know, like with some teams, you know, last week they wanted the ball in Jake Mayer's hands, right? Um, it's not like you want the ball in Zach Caleros' hands, right? Because, I mean, he can certainly come back mm -hmm. and, and do it. And, you know, they, they threw the ball a lot in that game against BC. But, yeah, it's just tough, right? When you get into the fourth quarter and it, it gets cold and, and the elements and the crowd and everything is fully engaged, right? Because in the first quarter, like if all of a sudden BC can get a lead, it also affects the crowd. Whereas if, if this game's going back and forth and, and Brady gets to do his thing, it becomes difficult, right? And, you know, I talked to Ryan Phillips about that yesterday, that when Oliveira is able to get 
like seven yards on first down, right? Where you don't hit him until he gets three to four yards, you know, and then at that point he, he fights and falls forward for the next three to four yards, right? And now all of a sudden they're playing in second and three. That's a tough world for any defense to live in, right? So you really have to, to kind of win first down. But um, I, I just think Winnipeg knows how to play in this environment. Now, they haven't been perfect, right? Uh, even in the playoffs last year, they weren't perfect. Uh, and, and, you know, we saw that eventually bite them in the Grey Cup. So there have been some moments, but they just know how to hang around long enough. And they're just so experienced that in the end, uh, they're, they're just going to be there. And in the end, if they're there, you kind of have to bet on them, don't you? Yeah, the uh, you know when I think of the the past to victory for both teams, um, you know maybe the Bombers have a couple of different ways to win this game. This is a quarterback league. I mean, you're not winning if your quarterback doesn't play well. It goes without saying that Vernon Adams is going to have to be the guy if they're going to win. But when you look at this BC roster, Farhan, is there a player or two on each other side of the ball that you're specifically looking at? Like this guy needs to have one of his best games if they're going to hang with the blue and gold. Well, I mean, you know, for BC, I, I don't know that it's necessarily a, a player, but I think it's a, it's a position group, and their D-line yeah. has got to be exceptional, right? Like, they've got to be able to hold the point of attack when Winnipeg tries to mash on them, right? And, you know, we know BC can rush the passer. We know that Winnipeg is going to play with an extra offensive lineman. Uh, they do regularly, and the fact that they don't have uh, or likely will not have Dalton shown in the lineup lends itself to doing more of that, right? That you, you know, rather than just putting in another guy, just play with the extra lineman and, and just put yourself in that comfortable world, right? Where you can make sure the edge is widened and, and you're protected. So uh, like, I, I think that they've just got to be stout at the point of attack and whether it's Sione Chuhema, who's coming back in this game, whether it's Marcus Moore, who got added to the lineup last week when, uh, Sione was suspended, and they went bigger inside. And you know they'll likely do that again. Whether it's Matthew Betts, who we know is is a very very good pass rusher, but is he going to be just as effective on rundowns? Right. So it, it's an entire position because the Lions are going to address eight or nine D linemen, and those people have to be effective not just in terms of staying fresh as a, for a pass rush. They've got to be stout at the point of attack. You know, and for for Winnipeg, honestly, I think it's Drew Alatarski. Right. And I say that because I think he gets moved in like there. I don't know that they're going to move, you know, bring an import receiver in to play uh, to play um, Shone's spot. I think it's going to be Walatarski playing in that spot, which means there's going to be a lot of second down situations where he's going to get some love. And I think he's a really good player. He's not Dalton Shone, but has the ability to to be effective in certain areas. Can he be deep down the field as effective as Shone is? So I think that's a player that. Uh, that I'm going to watch fairly closely in this game. I mean, you know what you're going to get from Kenny Lawler. They'll move him around a lot, right, if if Sean's not available. You know what you're going to get from Nick Dembski. But some of the supporting pieces, whether it's um, a guy like Walatarski or or even, uh, you know, Rashid Bailey or, or, or some of those guys, uh, Bre- Brendan O'Leary-Orange, see, you know, when their number's called, what they wind up doing in, in a bigger role. Well, and Bailey has been uh, got nicked up in that final game. I expect mm-hmm. him to play. And, you know, he's one of those guys, Farhan, that – you know, doesn't always end up on the stat sheet. Um, but when you look back at the tape and see some of these big runs by Brady Oliveira, or the ones that get broken instead of seven or eight for 20 or 25, you often see 88 right in the middle of things. And um, those are the sort of guys that you need to uh, win at the level that the Bombers have. Yeah, well, and a player like Bailey, understand he took less money to stay in Winnipeg. He cares. He's fully invested in the team, mm-hmm. the players, the culture, the, the market, all of it, right? So... Uh, you know when a player does that, these are the moments he's playing for because, you know, he knew his chances of, 
of getting deep into the playoffs if he stayed in Winnipeg were high. So, yeah, you're going to get the extra playoff paychecks, which could maybe bridge the gap in your salary. But you want to be here, and you see that in Rashid Bailey's play because, you know, he has in previous years fought for contracts, right? Like he has fought to say, look, I'm I'm as good as – you know, the Kenny Lawlers and the Dalton Shones, and I deserve, a you know, A, a bigger piece of the pie, but a bigger role of the offense. And then when it didn't work out the way he wanted, like he really understood that, you know, there's other things I do that are important to this team. And y- you see that in these moments. Farhan, uh, you know, we inevitably spend so much time talking about the matchups between the offenses and the defenses. Um, this is three-down football. Special teams is a big part of it, too. Incredible mm-hmm. kickers that have had monster seasons. When you look at the special teams matchup, how pivotal do you think that will be in this game? And is there an advantage on either side when you look at both units overall? Um, you know, I think BC's cover team, since Mike Benavides has taken over this year, I think have been very, very good. Um, I don't know that Janarian Grants necessarily found what he's had a year ago, right? That may happen here, but he hasn't, you know, he hasn't dominated since returning, right? Um, uh, as far as BC's return game, Williams gives them nothing. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying that the way the Lions return teams have gone, you know, they had the big return against Ottawa, and then the following week he was pretty good, and then after that and before that, he's been really, really quiet in the return game. So I don't know that BC's got an advantage there. To be truthful, you know, I think Sean White gives them a distinct place-kicking advantage, right? Like, Sean White is the best place-kicker in the CFL this year, period, full stop. But the downside is Stefan Flintov hasn't been good, right? Um, he has shanked, badly shanked punts in the last couple of games, including two in that game against Calgary. But here's the underrated thing in the, you know, I, I touched on it earlier in the BC Winnipeg game. That kickoff out of bounds gave Winnipeg a lifeline. Like BC was dominating that game. And he kicked one off out of bounds, and Winnipeg got it close to midfield and were able to drive the field and score, and it got them back in the game. So Flintov can't be shanking punts. Uh, he can't be kicking off out of bounds because if he does that, it kind of mitigates the advantage they have with Sean White, right? So, you know, um, I don't think either return games have, you know, Janarian Grant certainly has a bigger ability to break one. Like that could happen. He did it in last year's West Final, more so than maybe Terry Williams can. But again, I think BC's coverage teams have been good. So, um, you know, is BC's punter going to be a problem? Farhan, um, to me, there's a lot of similarities between the BC Lions of these last three years and the Bombers sort of circa 2017, 18, 19, where, you know, first they make the playoffs, then they went around. They're kind of taking it step by step. They do have a lot more experience. They've lost some tough games against this team, um, both from the coaching perspective and the mentality of the team. How much more ready and prepared is a BC team on Saturday because of what they've done over the last couple seasons? I think they're prepared for sure. Like you're right. They went through the Western final in the cold weather and it was colder last year than it's going to be this Sunday. So they've been through that part of it. Two more games in Winnipeg this year. Uh, They know what it all feels like. So I I do believe they're more prepared. They're they're not necessarily that, that young team that way anymore. I mean, surely they're younger than Winnipeg, but you know, what BC right now really is the culmination of three years of work since Campbell and the staff has taken over. I was having this conversation with the, with another CFL GM last night about how, uh, you know, who's coming into the league that's new, right? It's so hard to get those guys. Well, you know, BC has managed to do that in the last few years. You look at players like, um, whether it's Ben Halatic, who probably doesn't play this week, or Keon Hatcher, Alex Hollins, Josh Banks, Sione Tuhema, like all of these guys – 
came into the league two and three years ago, and BC dealt with a ton of growing pains in tw- uh, 2021. And then they got significantly better, to your point, last year. Now they're seeing the fruits of that. And, and I, I do think the time is now, right? There was a blown opportunity by not winning that game in Vancouver to allow this game to be played in Vancouver. But, you know, they're going to have to pay some guys pretty quick here, right? And they saved some money on, on not having to pay Nathan Rourke, uh, even though, you know, Vernon Adams is still making good money. Um, they're going to have to pay some guys. They're going to have to make some tough decisions. And that's a challenge in this league. So, you, you know, you, uh, you better make some hay. Uh, in in your windows, and I think they're in their window now. So I think they're as ready as they're going to be to get this done. Will it be enough? We'll see. Winnipeg's still pretty good in November. Hey, hey, you know what? You mentioned Nathan Rourke. Well, I've got you. I've just got to ask you your perspective. Obviously, he hasn't played. He's um, learning the ropes in Jacksonville. What's the path for Rourke over these next few years? I mean, will it just be trying to go somewhere that he gets a chance to play, or is this a, a long play by the Jags to have Nathan Rourke turn into the number two behind Trevor Lawrence? Yeah... You know, it's a good question because if you're Nathan Rourke, you've got C.J. Beathard under contract for one more year. So next year, all of a sudden, are you going to wind up getting the backup job? No, and you're not doing this again next year, uh, which doesn't mean he's coming back because I don't believe that's happening either. So, you know, the one thing with Nathan is he had to make a philosophical choice. Everyone says he went for the money um, because he was able to get a bit of a guarantee in Jacksonville. And I don't think it was the money per se. I think it was the, the money serving as a as a commitment, right? And so, you know, he went to Jacksonville knowing he was never going to play behind Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but, you know, they, they gave you a bonus. They committed to only bringing three quarterbacks into training camp. So you knew you were going to be on the team. Uh, you had a, a stable coaching situation where you're going to be able to learn. He had some advocates in the room. So he chose that path versus going to, say, a place like Arizona or the Raiders or wherever where you didn't necessarily have a great um, quarterback situation in front of you. You didn't have a great coaching situation in front of you and you didn't have the commitment in the form of a bonus. Right. So it was a little less predictable, but you know, had he gone, I mean, look at some of the quarterbacks that are playing in the national football league right now, Clayton tune. Are you kidding me? Undrafted free agent. His resume is no bigger than Nathan Rourke. Uh, Who's the guy that giants played Tommy DeVito. Right. And, and, And you've got like just some of the guys that are, that are playing right now, uh, in this league, I mean, Chicago is starting a nobody, uh, you know, in, uh, in Tyson Bajan, like the, the guys that are playing right now, it is incredible. So you just wonder, and again, I'm not being critical of Nathan. I think his reasoning was sound, but had he chosen another path, and I think he's thinking some of those things himself, and maybe this offseason he chooses that path. So I hope that in week 19, the Jags don't reactivate him, because then that means – he belongs to them this offseason. I don't think you want that if you're Nathan Rourke. I think you want to get into a different situation, roll the dice, and take your chances. Farhan, uh, we will focus on the Canadian Football League for the next couple of weeks in the Big Grey Cup, but um, we're right in the middle of NFL season. You're all over it on a weekly basis for TSN. I've got to ask you right now, in the mind of Farhan Lalji, how many legitimate Super Bowl contenders do we have right now at the midpoint of the season? Uh, I think there's about five or six. And Baltimore, after this last performance, certainly uh, put themselves in that conversation, in my mind. I mean, Cincinnati is is all of a sudden rolling, so I think they're going to wind up getting into the playoffs. And that's an incredibly tough division. But I think Cincinnati and Baltimore, for sure. Uh, I think Kansas City will find a way to figure out its receiver situation and get a bit more out of them offensively. But I just love how Kansas City's defense is playing. Um, Miami, I know people say they haven't beaten a good team yet. Miami is an absolute contender in my mind. 
um, and Philadelphia as well. Dallas, I'm not buying yet. San Francisco, we'll see if they can rein it back in. And I'm not buying Buffalo either. So um, I think I think there's five or six, and most of them lie in the AFC, as you'd expect. Well, we'll talk NFL in a few weeks. This weekend, it's all about 5:30 at IG Field on TSN. We'll look forward to uh, seeing you in Winnipeg this weekend for a big one between the Bombers and the Lions, and we'll see who represents the West in Hamilton at the Great Cup. Thanks, as always, for your time, Farhan. All right, buddy, and I will not have slides in the field this week, I promise you. <laughs> All right, great stuff with uh, with Farhan. Uh, quick little update from Bomber practice, which uh, has just been uh, going on for the last little while. Shout out to John Liu for the update. Uh but we don't have any great news. Uh, no Nick Dembski, no Rashid Bailey, no Dalton Schoen at practice today. Um, John Liu did say yesterday that he was hopeful Dempsey would practice today. Um, obviously, that hasn't been the case. Give him an extra day. Um, but I do believe that uh, they're optimistic about Dembski and Bailey. Uh, it, way more up in the air on Dalton Schoen. Although, as I mentioned, listening to Coach O'Shea on on Monday, um, you got the indication that, you know, they were still hopeful. Um, Here's another one from day two. Um, Bailey and Dembski working on the sidelines. Both did some straight line jogging and looked good. Um, Six Bombers as well making the uh, the all-star team. Brady Oliveira was also voted the favorite player in the uh, Canadian Football League. Shout out to Bomber fans for backing their guy. Patty Newfeld, Jamarcus Hardrick, Dalton Schoen, Willie Jefferson, Demario Houston on the final CFL All-Star team. No Zach Caleros, you will notice. He was edged out by Chad Kelly of the Toronto Argonauts. All right, listen, we got uh, Billet coming up in just a minute. Um, and we're going to get into uh, all the Jets news. Tomorrow, the homestand starts. Grab your tickets for a big game against Nashville, Dallas, 2 p.m. Um, and then the New Jersey Devils the following week will be interesting to see. That was a wild game last night between the Devils and the Avs. Um, you know, it would be probably would be good for the Jets if Nico Heischer and Jack, uh, Jack Hughes were still out. Uh, but certainly for the fans here, be great to see those guys, but uh, a big, big homestand. Go to winnipegjets.com for more. Don't forget the game tomorrow. First 5,000 fans get that moose po- uh, pennant featuring Perfetti, Morrissey, and Kyle Connor. And um, early game, don't forget about the time change. 2 p.m. was originally 3, Saturday afternoon against Dallas leading into the game. Um, tomorrow on the program, gang, we are launching a contest for Men's Health Month with our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market. You might not know Trevor Linden, uh, longtime NHLer. He of almost 1,400 regular season games in the league is, a, I believe, a partner and owner in Prairie Naturals, which is the uh, number one line of men's health supplements. Uh, got together with my pal Bonte from Vita the other day, and not only do we have a full... Um, set of all of the Prairie Natural supplements. We've also got a beautiful autographed Trevor Linden jersey complete with a certificate of authenticity. So tomorrow on the program, we'll give you details. You'll be able to enter on the website. You'll be able to enter on our Instagram page along with Vita Health Fresh Market. We'll be picking a qualifier every day up until the last day of November and we know you all love marbles. 
All the qualifiers will go in for a marble race on Thursday, November 30th, last day of Men's Health Month, and we'll give away the autographed Trevor Linden jersey with the certificate of authenticity and the amazing supplement package from Prairie Naturals. And, of course, you can pick Prairie Naturals up at Vita Health, one of six locations, or online at myvita.ca. Order online as well with local delivery options. And uh, Prairie Naturals has uh, formulated to help the changing needs of a man's body, a Proust Forest, which is Prost Forest, which is one of the supplements in the package, an evidence-based formulation of key nutritional and phytochemical ingredients researchers recommend for prostate health. Uh, Prairie Naturals men's health supplements can help you address challenges with prostate health, andropause, low libido, low T, stress, male energy, and performance on sale all month for Men's Health Month at Vita Health. Pop by and see them at one of six Winnipeg locations empowering people to lead healthy lives. Big thanks to Avita. Tomorrow, we launch the contest. Pay attention to our Instagram page and winnipegsportstalk.com to get in for the jersey and the supplement package. Uh, big thanks to our friends at Wallace & Wallace for the great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. The fencing experts since 1946. But not only are they the fencing experts, they're also the go-to people for overhead garage door sales and service here in Manitoba. Uh, that overhead door had a lot of ups and downs this summer, but it's about to work a whole lot harder because winter puts much more stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know, and that is Wallace & Wallace. And just before we bring in Scott Billick and a very well-dressed guest of his, uh, if you uh, need to get a little more well-dressed and up your menswear game as we head into the holidays, gang, you got to head on down and see the fellas at F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, not to mention an incredible selection of menswear accessories. Uh, not only will you get fitted top to bottom, they can also help you out for the big day. Guys, if you're getting married or if you're in a wedding party, make sure to talk to the guys at F about amazing custom suits for the big day, and you'll get a 15% discount when the wedding party gets their suits at F Apparel. Pop by and see them, 190 Smith Street downtown, and you can find out more online or make an appointment at F. That's E-P-H-Apparel.com. All right, let's bring in Scotty Billick for some Jets talk right now. And speaking of well-dressed guests, how about this get up on uh, your uh, your co-pilot there? Yeah, uh, Phoebe, uh, Santa, Santa Phoebe, as I like to call. I can hear myself in the thing. Yeah, yeah got... sorry, it's good. sorry, okay. Scott. One second. You're good. Yeah. Good, good now. Don't worry. The people are all dog, so it's all good. Anyways. Yeah, Phoebe, go. what the uh, the uh, the holiday holiday outfits are yeah, already in effect. Suit. Oh geez, you're just, she's just gonna moon everybody. She's mooning so. the entire, the entire, <laughs> the entire chat. <laughs> there you go. It's part of the fun All of the right. YouTube yeah. show. We get to see Scott's little dog dressed up in a Santa suit for uh, a special and appearance, and I rug. see, I see the rug now has lights on rug. it as well. This is rug this is, is a festive moment. Month. I wasn't ready for this yet, yeah. Scott. And this is what happens November first on. It's all Christmas. Everybody know how it goes. So. I'm happy. I'm ready to go here. So I'm going to put the dog down because she's being crazy. You can right, go down. Go there take go. a couple laps while we uh, yeah. we, oh, we get into it. Um, 
Hey, listen, you know, I, I want to get to last night's game and obviously yeah. this upcoming homestand. Um, but for the last couple of days, we've been chatting on this program and there's been a lot of top, a lot of talk in and around Jetland of your report on the weekend about Nino Niederreiter and his agent coming to Winnipeg. Um, great timing coming off that hat trick of his on Saturday. Um, fill us in on yeah. uh, what you know about uh, the Jets' interest in extending Nino, um, how that's being reciprocated, and uh, what may uh, be going down this week. Yeah, well, I mean, his agent's expected in this week. I believe I believe he's in today, actually. Um, so, I mean, we'll see where that goes. I mean, obviously, Nino Niederreiter is, uh, is, you know, wax poetic about this town before. I think it was during last year's... Um, World Championships. He was asked by NHL.com's Aaron Vickers, who was over there. He runs a uh, Future Considerations, which is kind of a draft thing. So he's often over there, and 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 you know, just talking to guys and all that. And 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 Nita Ryder said, you know, you know, Winnipeg kind of gets a bad rap, but it's a great town. And and so, you know, from there, you're kind of wondering, well, you know, does does a guy like this want to kind of extend his time here? And, and here's the thing, like. Nino Niederreiter is not just a kind of a small name in this league. He's a former fifth overall pick, um, highly coveted at, at times by teams like Carolina. Um, yeah, obviously, his time in Minnesota, the Jets fans used to hate this guy, right? Um, he's, he's, he's a bit of a kind of a piss off on the ice. So He's a pain in the um, ass to play against. There's absolutely no yeah, uh, way exactly. around it. And, and, but, but at the same time, he's like a perennial Tony goal scorer. So, so anyways, right? Like, I mean, this is a guy that that can produce, he, he gets under people's skin. And honestly, like, he's one of the nicest guys you'll kind of meet in in this game off the ice. It's kind of the the weird, I don't know, is the word dichotomy, I guess, of, of Niederreiter, or like kind of the, the Jekyll and Hyde when he's on the ice and when he's off of it and that sort of thing. Like, he's just a, you know, a good human being, let's say. So anyways, um, kind of poking around, because I, I heard that, that Niederreiter had... Um, been, you know, had made it known to the team that he would like to extend his time here. So did a little poking around over the weekend and found out that, you know, that could be something that could be happening in, in the near future with, with Niederreiter's agent. Um, what do you think you a know, deal would look like? Town. What do you think so, a deal would look like? Because- yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was kind of, you know, talking to a few people um, kind of close to this, let's say, and, and, and figuring out kind of, well, okay, what what does Niederreiter want, right? Because I mean, I guess that's where the ask begins, and he's looking for a three to four year deal, um, and, and and market value, right? I mean, I you know, it, it sounds to me from from what I've heard from the people I've talked to, it's Niederreiter is not looking to, <clears throat> you know, break the bank here. He's not looking for some astronomical amount. Um, you know, market value right now for a four year deal with some comparables and stuff like that is. You know, four by four, so sixteen million over four years. Um, but you could see that number maybe go up a little bit if it's a three-year term um, into the four point five, even maybe up to the five million dollar range is where kind of the ask would begin. And and I don't think that there's a whole lot of like I, I think what we're seeing here, and based on what I've heard, is that both sides kind of want to hash something out here. I mean, there, there's there's a lot of I think respect within the organization that this team. Um, or that, that this player has, has kind of, um, uh, what do you want to call it, you know, sort of advertised for the city. It, it, it would be a good re-signing for, for Kevin Chevaldeoff coming off the Mark Scheifele re-signing, the extension, coming off the Connor Hellebuck extension, 
Here you got another guy in the team who's, you know, 31 years old, looking to kind of extend his time, sees a team and an organization that's a fit for him, and, and obviously sees a team that, that has a potential to win. So, you know, for me, I, 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 I think you'd probably be maybe a little more worried about a four-year deal, given that it'll kick in when he's 32. Um, but I think if you could get into that three-year, $4.5 million range, I, I mean, I think you're dancing, right? I mean, I think that's that's probably what the Jets are looking for. I know Niederreiter's, you know, around the three- to four-year range, so that's that's kind of what he has. But I, you know, I think he brings so much to this lineup, right, Huss? Like, I mean, you look at that oh. third line, or second line, first line, however you want to, <laughs> however you want to call it, right? I think I think it'd be the top line that, as we know it, kind of, you know, rip that. They that, flexed that last from, night. From they that flexed last, last night. night, right? Yeah. But you know, that said, I mean, you know, it, it's been a good kind of marriage between Adam Lowry and 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 Mason Appleton with with near near rider there, right? And, and so. Um, and and, and Nita is the type of guy. He's a versatile guy. One of, one of the comparables that was thrown out to me by by somebody was was Marcus Foligno, right? And and you know people again, Marcus Foligno is another type of player that players don't like playing against, right? Teams, fans don't like to see that guy out there. One thing with Foligno though is he's um, maybe a little tougher, let's say, um, but but less productive than Nita Ryder. He's just signed in September. Um, a four by four deal um, with the wild. So, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's, I, I mean, I, I expect, I, I expect the talks to, to pick up obviously this week. And, and I imagine Niederreiter's agent, or I believe lives in, in Europe, or at least resides in Europe for most of the, you know, most of the season wants to come out this week with, with, with something, you know, uh, something that would represent an extension in, in the town that, that his client wants to stay in. So, I think that's where it's headed. Um, I mean, obviously, got to see what happens with with these meetings this week. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think if you're a fan of Needham Rewriter, it, it, it's pointing in, in in the right direction. And I think that's a. I think it's a good thing for this team who was who kind of found a player at last year's deadline. Um, maybe it was a bit of a letdown at last year's deadline. If we go back to like kind of the context and is this team really going to kind of load up for a playoff run? Obviously, that that didn't happen, but. The two guys that they got at the deadline are still here, and and one of them has made it very and, clear that he, he likes the city and wants to stay here. So well, I, I don't think even, this is the next I don't step. even want to get into some of those ridiculous <clears throat> conversations of what some people thought that the Jets should do at last year's deadline, but thank God they didn't. And the two guys that they did get not only were key yeah. contributors to get them at least over the finish line into the playoffs. Um, Nemetsnikov re-signed. They're on the verge of re-signing um, Niederreiter. Um, you know, well, at least they're meeting on it, and that's very likely or very, or very possible. Yeah. I'll, I'll categorize it at that to happen. Um, listen, I, I think that if you look back, I mean, there's uh, there's exactly what they should have done, and they're in a much better spot for it going forward, which brings me to this. I mean, a lot of people wanted them to trade all of their prospects to try to, you know, win it last year when I think we all saw what was happening to the team in the second half of the of the year. And that was not the time to do it. Um, it's very different right now. The great feelings around the team, great performances of the guys that are playing, but big picture, Scott, when we're talking about this extension, I mean, if you're extending a guy that's 31 years old, you have to think about the effects of that, you know, in years to come. The Jets still have a number of these young players, Rucker McGrory, Brad Lambert, Colby Barlow, that'll be coming in. 
And while I, there would be an argument that, geez, you're signing another player, does that block some of these guys? I take the other side to it. it who better to have in the room and to be on the ice showing yep. what it's like to be a professional day in and day out than a guy like Niederreiter with some of those young wingers? Um, I think the intangibles of Niederreiter make him even more valuable to the Winnipeg Jets, not just this season, but in the coming years when some of these young players join the team and are cutting their teeth as pros in the best league in the world. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. And, and honestly, I think I think if the if Nino Niederreiter is blocking some of these guys coming into the league, I think there's more of a problem on the prospect end of it because the prospects that this team has in a system right now, the Barlows, the Lamberts, the Lucius's, the, the Chibrikovs, even while the um the McGordys, right these, these these are guys that um are expected to play top six roles right for the most part i mean maybe chibrikov would be a little down the lineup but you you want to see brad Lambert, you know potentially centering the 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 second line you want to see Chaz lucius up in that 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 mix right like these these guys are first round draft picks they're they're, they're not meant for fourth line roles um and, and so yeah like I, I like i get it like i mean the idea of this team early on in training camp was to put Niederreiter with Cole Perfetti and let that sort of maybe blossom, help let Niederreiter kind of help out Perfetti and that sort of thing. Like we've already seen sort of that that sort of mentorship, I guess you could call it, or or that sort of thing with a guy like Niederreiter. So uh, yeah, I, I I don't think that, and especially with a three year deal, like I think with a three year deal, you're probably safe on both sides of that, right? Like, I mean, if there is a potential for that, it, it, it is only three years. Um, and, and some of these guys, I mean, Blambert, you know, is he ready next season? Uh, Barlow won't be, I don't think. I mean, I would suspect that, you know, he plays another year in, in, in the O. I, I'd be curious about Chaz Lucius because Chaz Lucius has missed so much time. You know, is he going to be ready next year? It might take another year, I would imagine, for him because he's got to find his bearings and, and that sort of thing. So, so I, I don't see this being a... Well, not to mention, not every single one of these guys goal. is going to be like, we're not talking about a team well, that in two years has all thing. these four guys right. playing top six minutes for the Jets. And some of them, on exactly. good teams, young players can yeah. come in and don't have that pressure and can play on a third line. There'll be some guys that'll get their cut their teeth like a record McGordy. I think when he comes into the league, he's probably playing on a fourth or third line for a while and then working his way up into the roster. And the bottom line is Nino is a perfect yeah. complement to all of that. He's the type of guy you want to use your word mentoring. And he's already yeah. a big, big part of this hockey club that uh, continues to build off a pretty nice start. What a game last night. I had a little bit of everything. Um, but back yeah. to your point about the top line. I mean, I had some fun yesterday talking about the fact that if you looked at the scoring leaders on the Winnipeg Jets, there were seven players separated by one point. Now, I kind of thought that there was a big night coming for Mark Shifley. First of all, to sort of pay back the way the team and that line sort of bailed him out for what happened on Saturday after that tough giveaway that put the team down 2 nothing. Yeah. He delivered with one of his best performances in a long, long time, Scott. Um, start off with your thoughts on Shifley, and then overall, the top line, the power play, all clicking last night in the fashion yeah. that they did. Yeah, I, I thought Mark Sheffy's had a really good start to the year. He, I, I I understand he went six games without a goal, um, and so that you know that that can be a problem. I, you know, there's a lot of guys sort of kind of slumping in that time, and 
And, you know, what got the Jets through some of those games was obviously the emergence of this third line. But I thought Mark Scheifele, for the most part this season, has looked engaged. He, he's rebounded. He, he's been better on his face-off numbers, I believe, for most of the season. Um, but but I, I, I do think that he's playing a game right now that's – I think Mark Scheifele, it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a real big culture shock last year, I think. For Mark Scheifele, maybe more than anybody on this team when Rick Bonus came in, and there was a clean slate for every player, but there was no more sort of, let's say, allegiances to to the to, to the previous head coach and, and Paul Maurice was what I'm speaking of. Um, there there was no more kind of uh, favorites and that sort of thing. Like who was going to be you know you're just going to place these guys on the ice for 23 minutes a night and hope it works. So um, there's a lot more structure now, and I think this year you're starting to see Mark Scheife really kind of, uh, you know, embrace it, I guess, you know, in a way that, that, you know, he can still score. He can put up um, good games, be a dominant player on the ice and still, you know, have that offensive production. So he still leads right now the team in points with 12. I mean, he's tied with Kyle Connor. Um, and so it's not like, but he hasn't, in my opinion, he hasn't really been sacrificing as much um, defensively to do that. Now, now let's, let's you know be clear. There's been some games where this 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 top line hasn't played well defensively. But I, I thought that, in my opinion, I think Mark Scheifele is playing you know reasonably well and 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 and, and better than that. Um, and it's helped the line. I think it's helped with Alex Iafallo on that line. I know you know they've gone through some you know they went through a bit of a dry patch there. But um, you know I saw a lot. You know last night was sort of a. You know, you know, I'll look at the game, the way that I, I looked at that game last night, and, and you know, this is kind of maybe a side tangent a little bit, but and you probably remember this after after this team would go and they go into kind of a last game of a road trip, and I wrote about this last night. They go into a last game of a road trip, and Paul Maurice would already offer the sort of excuse, in my opinion, that that this team would go in and it was a quote unquote trap game, right? End of a road trip, you know, it's an opponent that you should probably beat, but um, you know, based on, on record and just the matchups and all that. But, you know, guys are ready to get home. Guys are ready for their own beds, to see their kids again, their wives or girlfriends or whatever, right? And and so they were sort of always kind of – if they lost, Paul Maurice would sort of couch this with this idea that, oh, you know, it's a trap game and you know, whatever, and it's not that big of a deal. And and that's the way it seemed. But last night, last night's game looked entirely opposite of that. The Jets came out. Obviously, you know, the Blues came out a little hard early and, and Connor Hellbuck kept them in them. But then the Jets got it going. They got one goal in the power play. So that gets your power play feeling good. And then Neil Pionk gets the second goal. And that just feels good because of what Neil Pionk's been through over the last 10 days. Um, and then, you know, but Robert Thomas gets one back. But then the Jets are right back on the power play in the second period. And, and they get another goal, um, this time from from Kyle Connor. And so the Jets had an answer last night to every every you know question that that the that the St. Louis Blues would kind of pose to them and in the end you know they win 5-2 and and it looks for swaths, uh, vast amounts of that game that the Jets are kind of dominating proceedings right and so I looked at last night's game and I'm like I, I saw some maturity in this team that maybe had not really been there in the past or at least it had been excused in the past where this team would just you know especially after the weekend that some of these guys had the guys that went to Minnesota for Adam Johnson's funeral and then a celebration of life right like you know i i do think that there was there, I mean, you just kind of almost baked in 
to this team over the years that, you know, some of these last games of road trips are almost like a, I don't know, they could be almost looked at as kind of a scheduled loss at times for this team because the way that the narrative from, and yeah. I thought this came from the head coach more than anything. Oh, listen, he's famous for setting them up like that and giving all these reasons why it was going to be so tough beforehand right. and almost creating a self-fulfilling prophecy of what was going to happen. And exactly. listen, just to build off what you're saying, I mean, it, in previous incarnations of this team, I think they'd been at times sort of mentally fragile. And I, I, I think I the agree. best example more so than what we saw last night, was Saturday afternoon. You know, they didn't play yeah. particularly well in the first period. And then, you know, Shifley, who had already been struggling scoring-wise for a period of five games, serves up the free pizza. It's in back in the net, and they're down 2 nothing. And it, it, this speaks to the depth of the club, how there are no passengers right now. They got picked up and put on their back by the Adam Lowry line again. Brendan Dillon obviously contributing in the way that he did, and they completely turned that game around. And I said on the show yesterday, I mean, considering the way that they picked Mark up after that, he didn't have to be talking about the giveaway or anything. It was a nice win. They move on to St. Louis. Yeah. I really thought that Shifley would have a big game, maybe not as big as he ended up having. But, I mean, there's so right. many good signs about what's happening internally with this club. And no better, Scott, than looking at the ice time of last night's game. I mean, Mark Shifley yeah. did all of that, and it was, I mean, a wonderful game. He didn't even crack 19 minutes, and he was the busiest forward on the Winnipeg Jets. No one played less than 10 minutes. Everybody got in. Everyone was a part of it. And as much as we're going to be talking about IFL's four assists and the power play, the Lowry line continued to dominate. The fourth line had yep. awesome shifts last night, and... um you know, we've said that the way this team's playing at 5-on-5 five yeah. five is giving them a chance to win. They can't get killed by the special teams, which was really problematic. All of a sudden, those things turn around, and I think there's the potential of this team to get on a bit of a run. And what a great time to do it, considering all these head-to-head divisional matchups in the Central this week. Yeah, I thought last night was a good indication of what this team can do when all three kind of phases, let's say, of the game are going. The, the penalty kill, the power play and their five-on-five play, right? I mean, you can look at this Blues team, and, you know, they're not great, but they're not they're not bad. They're not the worst team either. Their power play is atrocious, obviously. Um, you know, we talk about how bad the power play had been here. Um, I think the Blues still have just one goal on the power play this season. Um, but, again, I, I think that the way this team came out last night, um, and, and there was... It wasn't like this team was like, oh, you know, woe is me, or or or, or the Shifley line at least. You know, we had you know, we had a bad game or whatever. They came out with you know some pride to win back, or at least you know showing some some pride. And I think the one thing about you know, especially going back to that that Saturday game, was like the the, the depth on this team is so much improved, right? Like I, I don't think there's even an argument anymore, kind of against the idea that this team is just better than it was with Blake Wheeler and Pierre-Luc Dubois in the lineup, right? And so this whole addition of addition by subtraction, I think is really paying off for this team because you just have, you have a different levels that this team can get to. And, and you, you said it last night about the ice time. I mean, the fourth line playing at least 10 minutes is, is a great boon for this Jets hockey team and something, something that they really haven't had for years, like I, I can't remember the last time where a, a fourth line was regularly playing, you know, you know, nine, ten minutes a night for this team. And so 
that, that's, it's just super helpful. And, and, and to go back to last night, it was such a team effort, right? Like even, even if the one line, like, I mean, one line was obviously getting all of, all of the goals and stuff like that. But you look at, you know, Shifley in the defensive zone, he, he, he saved a goal with a good stick. Um, it was obviously Dylan DeMello with a nice block. And, and so everybody was kind of supporting one another. And, and it was a very aware game, in my opinion, right? Like, I mean, Connor Hellbuck was out of position a few times there. Um, but it was picked up quickly by the DeMello or, or Nemestikov and DeMello on that one. I'm not sure who touched it or both of them. Kind of touch. I think it touched Nemestikov in the end to to save a goal, and then the Shifley one later in the game. These are these are good things. I mean, these I think these are good signs from a team. I think last night showed a lot about you know this team if they can rattle off one or two power play goals, um, you know that that's good. Keep the other team blank. There was only one power play against or penalty kill that they had to kind of kill off against the Blues, but you know they still killed it off right for a team. That had coming into the game only one game where they didn't they didn't allow a power play goal against. I mean, last night was their second game, and and so th- there wasn't there wasn't those moments in the game last night other than maybe the fir- start of the first period where the Jets had to kind of sit there and, and and kind of get themselves back into a game because they allowed another power play goal against, or they the power play just didn't create a lot of momentum for them, or or anything like that. Like you know, last night was a good indication in my opinion of how this team can really kind of play going forward against teams when when they're all three phases are going and yeah so it, it was a yeah it was a game it was a good game and and people will say oh it was just against the blues or whatever but i think we've seen this team play good games against the likes of vegas and, and other teams and obviously they got nashville coming up but dallas on saturday is gonna be a big one too so it's about results um, right now yeah. it is about points it is. these it's are both div- stacking points big, right? big divisional games yeah and bottom line is you, I mean, you'll have games where you play great and you maybe don't get the result. You'll have some games that yeah. you might, you know, get away with a couple and she- end up, you know, and end up getting points that you maybe go, well, we'll take those, but we need to be better. The thing is right now that consistently and especially, and we keep on going back to the five on five play, this team is right there and are carrying the play, are carrying oh. the, uh, the, the chances, are carrying expected goals if you want to dive into that. And now, if you can get these special teams to start coming around, it's a, it's a really good thing. You know, the uh, other thing that I want to talk about is, you know, just the mental makeup of this team, like, and how this team seems to be coming together. Um, you know, obviously, the circumstances for this conversation are horrible with the passing of Adam Johnson. And, you know, Mike had that great conversation piece in the Free Press on Friday about what Neil Pionk had been going through. And I think that was a real eye-opener for everyone. And, you know, it really adds the human side to, you know, these players and what they were doing. For my money, I thought he was playing with such a purpose in the Arizona game. Even when the rest of his team kind of started slow, he was the one shooting the puck in the first period. He was really, really engaged um, and obviously was a big part of that win. But man, Scott, when he scored that goal last night and we saw on the television the guys putting their arms on him and that kind of emotional moment, um, I have way more belief in everything that they've said for a long time about how tight-knit they are, how close they are, how they are playing for one another. And um, again, not to take a, a silver lining from a tragedy and put it to a hockey club, but I think we're seeing more and more about you know, the plan that Rick Bonus and Scott O'Neill have been tried and Kevin Sheveldayoff as well to try to create, make the moves 
that make this a, a team that will play for each other night in and night out. And uh, they're doing that. And that was just one of the few chances that I think we get a chance to kind of see it um, because it was in the middle of a game. Um, just thoughts on Pionk's performance and uh, and what we saw that night and what that says about the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, uh, you know, I, 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 do, I, I do agree that this team feels way more like a team this year than it has in the last several um, and, and, you know, just a thought on Neil Pionk. I mean, how, how, how could you not kind of feel sort of happy or happy for the guy? I mean, it, it's a weird thing to say, I guess, you know, amidst what he's lost, a friend, a groomsman, former college teammate, um, it, it, w- w- with the passing of Adam Johnson. But, but I think it's shown, I mean, you've seen little bits of it, right, kind of pour out onto, uh, you know, let's say the – you know, uh, into the public sphere, obviously with all four of those guys going to Minnesota um, together, that the, the Jets chartering them, which I think, I mean, is, I mean, you guys have probably said it a few times on the show now since that, 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 that news came out. I mean, but what a, that's a great thing that happens, right? And I think that, that goes a long way for players, right? I think it goes a long way for, for the Neil Pionks, but I think it stretches beyond that, 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 you know, a team, yeah, a team that that's willing to really get behind their guys and and you know help them out. Let's say in a in a time of uh, you know need or uh, you know a time of grieving or whatever it might be, have the ownership of this team kind of like yeah we're going to charter you guys there. Like you don't even have to worry about you know and and don't worry about taking two days off from 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 practice or whatever you know and that sort of thing. Like you know we got it taken care of. Like that that's a that's a pretty awesome thing um, to see. Um, and you know I think that, that you know like the Jets organization from Mark Chipman down deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, and then the players, like you see the Dylan DeMellos and you see the, the Nikolai Ehlers, they're sitting beside them. And you know that Neil Pionk's doing his hardest to, to try and not, you know, to hold back some tears there. And, 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 and he's been through a lot. And, you know, yeah, you read, you know, you read Mike McIntyre's column there and, and all that, like you, you see the toll that this has taken on, on Neil Pionk and for the fact that he is to go out and put in arguably, and I think it was his best performance on Saturday um, against Arizona. And then to come back and, and score that goal um, after being away for two games or two days, you know, to go through sort of the finality of, of what happened to Adam Johnson on October 28th, funeral celebration of life, speaking at that, um, you know, very eloquently and very emotionally, um, if anybody hasn't watched the the service, I think it's still on uh, on YouTube. Um, you know, encourage people to go watch that. Um, but but yeah, I, I think these these kind of moments, you know, and then you know, you don't want them to happen this way. Obviously, you never want you never want them to happen this way. Um, but I think they do. I think they bond teams together. Like that's just kind of a byproduct of of any sort of adversity or um, you know hardship or whatever. And and so I think. I, and I, I think we've always seen that from a guy like Nikolai Ehlers. I think we've always, um, and, but I, I, I think it's the whole team doing it, right? Like, I mean, I think this team from from the captaincy change for Adam Lowry down, like they're, they're just, it's, it's different this year. I, I, I think I, 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 having been in the room as much as I have since the start of the year, you know, just talking to guys about it, um, it, it's a different feeling in that room. And, you know, it's easy to say that because, you know, certain people aren't on this team anymore. Um 
I, I don't even think it's a shot at, at Blake Wheeler or anybody like that. I just think this team's culture and direction has changed, and and it's it's just different. There's right? been the changing so, like, of the guard. Adam Lowry's a huge part of it. 100%. I mean, with the way that he's leading, and um, and he'd yeah. always been a guy that brought it together. But it kind of felt like watching that moment with Demello and and Ehlers putting their arms on Pionk. It kind of felt like the entire entire team was doing it. At the same time, yeah, 100%. And, um, and, yeah, and you know that has uh, listen. It, it's a good thing. It's it's a it's terrible of kind of why this has been brought up. Obviously, with the loss of a young man's life, um, yeah. and obviously everything that they've been going through. But um, it certainly was one of those moments where I think you believe a lot of what we've been told about you know the makeup of this club and. Uh, Hey, it's working out pretty good. Well, we've got a big weekend coming up. Um, well, Thursday night, Nashville oh. Predators coming in yeah. after their loss to Calgary Better. last night. And then Saturday, I mean, Saturday is going to be oh, so my. great. Dallas Stars. Day. I guess we'll see LB tomorrow night, which I think is yeah. is perfect. Um, I, I kind of thought that if the Jets didn't come back the way they did on Saturday, we might have seen LB last night. Hellebuck gets mm. in, gets another win. Give him a couple days to get ready for uh, his favorite, those matinee games, and uh, that's a big one yeah. against the Dallas Stars. Uh, but we'll start it off tomorrow night. Just very quickly, I- I've got to ask you, this is not a Jets question, but yeah. watching the third period of the uh, Dallas-Calgary game last night as we were looking to see if we were going to get in uh, yeah. a win with our lock shot parlay, which came through, I thought Calgary maybe looked as good as they have at any point this season at the same time when Jonathan Huberto had his ass stapled to the bench for the entire third period. I mean, this guy is a month in to an eight-year deal at 10 and a half per year. Um, Probably easier to do it with the fact that the team is winning, and they did sort of respond to that as well. But uh, how how does Huberto move forward in Calgary right now with with where he's at and his team is at? Team kind of taking some steps yeah. in the right direction, not so much for uh, the, the guy making all that cash. Yeah, I mean, Huberto has got to get back on uh, you know, on the wagon, right? I mean, I think that's part of the problem right now is that, like, first of all, he can't hide behind Daryl Sutter anymore, right? Like, not hide behind him, but hide behind the fact that Daryl Sutter takes a lot for a rookie head coach to along. bench a guy in that fashion. 100%, but I, I think it was probably the best move that he's made so far in this thing because because it sends a message, right? Like, we, we've been watching in Edmonton, right? And then you're kind of waiting, okay, so, like, if they're not going to trade somebody, they're probably going to waive somebody. And they ended up waving Jack Campbell, right? That sends a message. It, one, I think it sends a message to the team because I think you know that Connor McDavid, at least in, in there, was pretty frustrated with the goaltending. He, he tried to not say it but said it anyways it, it, after Saturday's loss there to, to Vancouver, um, or sorry, Monday's loss to Vancouver. Um, but yeah, like in Calgary, like I, I think you just, you got, they, they've thrown a lot of things at the wall there. Um, that was the one that stuck, right? I and mean, I think it, I think it's, it's sometimes it's like pulling your goalie, right? And, and it just kind of regalvanizes a team uh, and, and gets them back together. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, this Huberto thing is, it, I mean, it's a disaster right now, is it not? I mean, I don't know how else you look at it. Um, it's not working. It didn't work last year. It obviously worked with Johnny Goudreau and all that, but those guys aren't there anymore. And so, 
I don't know, man. I don't know what you're doing. Seven you're more seasons like and 70 more what games for uh, for Hubie in well, Calgary. And that, that contract isn't movable. I mean, I saw some people saying, no. oh, he'll probably be no. dealt at the deadline. Like, to who? Who's taking that on? I mean, no, no, they got. They got. Was Calgary going to do eat half of it? Like, I mean, what? They they don't want to eat half of that contract either. For I mean, I think if they could get out of it, they would. But I mean, it's. But it's, that's a long. That's basically like buying the guy out, right? Well, I mean, Craig Connery, it's a new a new general manager too, which is not on his watch. He won't be blamed for it, but they got to figure it out. And yeah. uh, hey, at least they're only the second most dysfunctional team in Alberta right now. As uh, what's going on with the Oilers? Oilers Sharks tomorrow, late night after Jets Preds. Cannot wait. That's must watch, right? That's must watch. It is. What a night of sports! Thank God the Jets are are playing (laughs) the Preds tomorrow night, because otherwise we'd have to, we'd have to put ourselves through the Bears and Panthers on Thursday night football (laughs) before turning it over to the Sharks and Oilers in a battle of thirty-one and thirty-two. Scott, great having you on the program as always. Thanks for doing this, buddy. Yeah, anytime, guys. Appreciate it. Great stuff. There's uh, there's Scotty Billick, and, uh, you know, of course, we were getting to Saturday, uh, just mentioning that at the end. I mean, first things first for the Jets tomorrow, it's the uh, Preds. But then on Saturday, 2 p.m. against the Dallas Stars, leading us right into 5.30, Bombers, Lions, IG Field. The Princess Auto Tailgate Zone opens at 3.30 p.m. Bundle up, get out there early, enjoy cheap hot dogs, pop, and cold beers as well and then get on in and get ready to cheer the bombers hopefully all the way to the gray cup of course princess auto welcomes all bomber fans at the tailgate zone and they also welcome them all to their two locations in winnipeg where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at princess auto those two locations portage avenue west panet road but you can always shop online 24 7 365 at princessauto.com. Uh, are you ready for Saturday? You got your bomber toque? You got a scarf? Maybe uh, an extra warm hoodie under the jacket? You know where you can pick those up just in time for Saturday. <laughs> of course, Royal Sports. Could probably kill off half your Christmas shopping as well with one trip to Royal with everything they've got there. Huge selection of bomber merchandise. Thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merchandise. And I think a lot of people are kind of playing wait and see what's happening with Shifley, what's happening with Connor Hellebuck. Well, we've got clarity there. And I uh, wouldn't be surprised maybe a few 62s going out or maybe a 9 for Alex Iafalo. Get your favorite player on your favorite jersey down at Royal Sports. Big NFL section right now, perfect for gift giving. New items coming in all the time for the holidays. Follow them at Royal Sports Pemina on Instagram for the latest merchandise drops. And get down to Royal Sports at 750 Pemina Highway to make sure you're good to go for the weekend. And, uh, hey, I mentioned tomorrow night. I mean, listen, I realize that the football game is one of the ugliest primetime matchups we've had a long, in a long time. And the place to be will be Canada Life Center. But if you're not at CLC, you can always watch both games at your local BP. The best place to get together to watch the Winnipeg Jets outside the arena is your local Boston Pizza. Had a great time with the boys down for another fun Monday night football this week. Uh, ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, a bunch of delicious new appies available. Um, enjoy it at BP. And if you are staying at home, you can always get the great taste of Boston pizza by ordering online at bostonpizza.com. All right, we've talked bombers. We've talked jets. I know it's not baseball season, 
But big, big news down at the ballpark today for our Winnipeg Gold Eyes. And great to welcome in our good friend, the general manager of the Gold Eyes, Andrew Collier, after a very significant press conference in the last hour. Cash, what's going on? How are you? Hey, Huss. Good to talk to you. Hey, good to talk to you again. And uh, congratulations to you and the entire organization. Uh, A lot to get to as we look ahead to next season. Um, But let's start first things first. Massive announcement. We've got a new name and a new partner for 10 years. Fill us in on the new partner, what the park is called, and the significance of this deal for the next decade for Gold Ice Baseball. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge for the organization. We're just thrilled to partner with Manitoba Blue Cross, and we will now be called, the ballpark will be called Blue Cross Park. And uh, very, very excited about that, that uh, to have an organization like Manitoba Blue Cross um, want to partner with the Gold Eyes um, says a lot about their organization, says a lot about ours, and and the partnership um, will will help us do some really good things moving forward at the ballpark. How much, um, I pull the curtain back a little bit, how long does a deal like this take to, uh, to put together? How many people are involved in it? Um, and, I mean, is there anything that fans should know outside of we'll see a blue cross park for the ball game tonight. There'll be a lot of community engagement. Um, part of the, it's not just slapping their name on the ballpark. There's, there's a lot of other things that go into an agreement like this. Um, but yeah, Sam, Sam, um, got this together in the last couple months and, uh, from what he said, I was—I didn't have a whole lot of involvement in it. It was Sam and Regan and and the the executives at Blue Cross that put this all together, and and it's just a great partnership for for our organization, and and I think the fans will will notice changes coming up in the years to come. Well, listen, I've already noticed changes driving by the ballpark in the last little bit, and I mean, let's get to this because while well, when we head down for fish baseball at Blue Cross Park. The park's going to look a little different. And in my opinion, maybe the most significant upgrade, listen, I may be partial to Craft Beer Corner, the original Craft Beer Corner, as you always mention, which is which is true. Um, I saw some cranes out in the outfield. I saw a bunch of work going on. Um, I don't think anything could take that game experience to the next level more than a significant upgrade when it came to the scoreboard and whatnot. What can you tell us about uh, what's being done out in the outfield and how that will affect your guys' ability to put on a great show for every Gold Eyes game? Well, a close second to the excitement that we have for the new naming rights partner, uh, Blue Cross, is getting a new scoreboard. It, uh, it was state-of-the-art when we got it, years ago and uh the the technology has come so far and for various reasons we were waiting for a new lease with the city and waiting for for all of that to get nailed down which uh which it is now so yeah brand new scoreboard it'll be uh 40 feet high 54 feet wide and everything you see it's basically the same dimensions as before but it's all video now so there's no backlit signs so even on the graphic that that remus is showing now those the 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 advertisers those are our graphics on the video board so 
when we hit a home run, the whole video board will light up and, and graphics and between any promotions, the whole, the whole video board will be used and the line score can be reduced and changed. And I leave that for the, the technical people in, in upstairs running things to, to make all that work, but it's just so exciting. It's going to be crystal clear that just the different things we'll be able to do with it is, is, it is exciting. We're, we're thrilled. Well, I, listen, I can imagine it's also going to add a lot of work to the off season for everybody there to get ready for it. Because I mean, it is such a significant and fundamental change about what you'll be able to do for your fans, what you'll be able to do for your sponsors and just the, the game night entertainment aspect and experience, which you know, over the last few years has been limited in some ways because of what you've been able to do with the visuals on there. And uh, we see now what is possible with technology, with talented young people that can put things on. And, you know, whether it is simple things like replays, you know, having that beautiful, uh, you know, the, the the screen pop off the uh, off the board, uh, both for advertisements, which is obviously very important for the uh, bottom line for the team. Um, when I heard that, we talked about that for the last couple of years. When I saw that crane, I texted you. I'm like, this is happening, isn't it? And uh, it, it uh, honestly, it is going to seem like a, almost a brand new park in a lot of ways because the park already was incredible. You've got your new naming rights. We'll be uh, referring to it as Blue Cross Field uh, or Blue Cross Park. And now, of course, you got the new uh, you got the new uh, the new scoreboard. It's not the only thing new though with the team. Um, we got a new manager, a new skipper. Um, it didn't go well for the club on the field last year, and I can't say I was surprised that a d- decision maybe was to, to go in a different direction. A much younger manager, um, a guy that comes with a little bit of Major League Baseball experience. Tell us about the new skipper for the club that you'll be working with. Uh, just quickly, before we get to Logan, Logan Watkins, our new, our new manager, um, in addition to the new scoreboard, we're installing two new patio decks below Craft Beer Corner. So if everybody, people that were at the ballpark last year kind of saw sections A and B, um, just bare concrete, while well, that was in preparation for the insta- installation of two new patio decks, which is going to be awesome. We'll either be able to sell it for groups for one or the other patio deck or both, or it can just be used as an extension of Craft Beer Corner because, as you know, Hus, some games when you're there, it's a little packed at Craft Beer Corner. So now there'll be an overflow section. For well, it. we had such a great time with our WST group night last week. We may need to uh, book that thing for the home opener for uh, the WST crew, or at least a game early on in the season. <laughs> I'm right. I'm writing that down right now. <laughs> Excellent, gang. Especially all of you that came with us last year. Uh, maybe an even better spot for us to get together. And uh, we're going to take that to the next level. We had such a good time last summer, probably pick out a few games and have a bit of a calendar for a WST as we continue to uh, have such a great time working with you all and have such a great time down at the ballpark. Uh, but yes, uh, you got to win a few more games this year. and You got a new guy tasked with making that happen. Yeah. Logan Watkins. He was um, playing the major leagues with the Cubs two years with the Cubs uh, was named their minor league player of the year. Uh, one of the years before he joined the big league club, played a year in Wichita in the American Association and a year in Mexico, and then uh, decided to step away from playing and started coaching Cleburne in 2021. Halfway through that season, the manager retired. He was given the reins, took the team to the playoffs, took the team to the playoffs the last two years, and I'm just I'm thrilled just in conversations I've had with him recently. He's fired up 
and uh, he's ready to get going to build the 2024 team. Well, if he's as fired uh, uh, up as uh, to build the team as everyone is, is in chat to uh, get that booking for the, uh, the the new patio decker on Craft Beer Corner, I can tell you that there is a... Uh, there's a lot of excitement for these announcements that you guys have made. I mean, the scoreboard, what you're doing with the ballpark, and of course the uh, the great announcement with the you know, the young, new, exciting manager coming in. Um, in a lot of ways, this is going to kind of, I think, open up a new chapter of Gold Eyes Baseball with what you guys are able to do with the fans, and obviously your new relationship with the fine folks over at Blue Cross. Um, Andrew, before we go, and I know we'll look forward to getting Logan on at some point to talk to him about taken over um you know this is the off season for you guys but there's obviously a lot of work going on and the holidays are around the corner i can't let you come on without uh maybe you know giving a few reminders to folks about uh what might make a good christmas gift or uh what's happening around the uh, the ballpark and people want to count themselves in for tickets maybe some merchandise under the tree i mean uh, fill people in on uh, what you guys are up to right now and uh for november december how they can uh, maybe utilize the gift of fish for the holiday season you know what our, our social media guys would kill me if i spilled all the beans because they've got some announcements coming up but watch for our holiday gift guide it's going to be at goldeyes.com take a look at goldeyes.com and there will be a lot of gift ideas coming up there including the original craft beer corner booklet voucher booklet which includes five tickets five beer for 95 dollars it's a it's a great deal, great gift idea, stocking stuffer uh, for that Gold Ice fan and, and beer lover on your list. Well, listen, we had such a great time working with you guys, doing our event there and uh, having you on throughout the year. Um, we'll definitely get you back on uh, when you, you have more announcements to make and uh, going to kind of have our own little WST holiday gift guide, I think, and the Gold Eyes will uh, definitely a big part of that. Andrew, congratulations to the organization on the big announcement today with Blue Cross. Cannot wait to see that new scoreboard and uh, take in quite a few games, whether we're on the main craft beer corner level or the patio decks underneath. I think you'll know that we'll be more often than not on the left field line at Blue Cross Park this year. Congratulations. Thanks for doing this and uh, best of the season to you, my man. Appreciate it, Huss. All the best to you and Michael. Great stuff. There's Andrew Collier. And, uh, you know, it's a perfect little segue uh, because, of course, Little Brown Jug was one of the first local beers at the original craft beer corner at the ballpark. And obviously we've got such a great relationship with little Brown jug. They actually played the jet game for the first time last night um, down at LBJ. Make sure you're following them on their socials. Um, if you're looking for a new place to get together with some friends, um, you know, to gather drink Winnipeg's best, coldest, finest beverages, um, they're going to be playing a bunch of games at little Brown jug on some game nights as well as potentially the bomber game as well if you're not heading down to the park coming up on the uh, on the weekend um we are also planning a little holiday get together with ws tiers uh, all are invited for the 6th of december just working on some details for that we'll have that for you probably next week but save that date and in the meantime while it started at the ballpark uh, Great developments at both IG Field and Candle Life Center because uh, you can now get 1919 and Little Brown Jug beers at both the Craft Beer Corner in the, uh, the arena in 310 and in Section 126. And if you're at the ball game, uh, the football game 
on Saturday and looking for Little Brown Jug, poutinery locations and the hometown concession stands, both levels, both sides of the stadium. That's where you'll find Winnipeg's finest, Little Brown Jug. And again, follow them on socials and then make sure to check out their website at littlebrownjug.ca. And uh, hey, I got to give a thanks to our friends Nick and Nikki. Um, speaking of great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk, since day one, before episode number one, they were with us and uh, they've been with us till now. And I mean, they continue to grow. Three Dairy Queens now that uh, you can support them for their great support of us. DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and the DQ in Niverville. And they're now very busy with the new pita pit in Niverville, which just launched. I mean, if you're in the neighborhood, pop by for a pita. I mean, uh, healthy, fresh, delicious, fast, so good but also amazing catering from our friends at Pita Pit. And uh, if uh, you want Nikki and Nikki to help you out, they can deliver anywhere in the city as well. Get them on X or Instagram at Pita Pit Niverville. And uh, you can also email them at, uh, at Niverville at Pita Pit MB, um, com. All right, let's get Remus back in here. Uh, man, I, uh, I had known about this, the um, scoreboard, and we've been talking about it off air for the last week or so. Sort of wanted to Andrew to be able to come in and spill the beans all together. But I don't think there's anything that could make gold eyes better than uh, the gold eye games better than a big boost to that scoreboard. And that is going to significantly change everything that they're able to do from a game presentation standpoint. And uh, I'm uh, I'm already looking forward to getting back to the ballpark next year. Yeah, what do you say? Forty feet uh, by thirty feet and all digital. You don't have any uh, backlit signs, as Andrew said. So I'm curious to see uh, what this looks like. And, um, you know, pretty cool to hear how that came together. It's not like you can just, what, go to the store and buy a 40-foot by 30-foot screen. Huh? So, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm excited to 40 see. 40 by uh, what 54. Else. Oh, 40 by 54. Oh, sorry, that's even bigger uh, than I thought. So uh, it's awesome. And, yeah, he sent me the picture of uh, the rendering, of what it's going to look like. So. Let's toss that up there again. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. Blue Cross Park, too, us. Yeah, Manitoba Blue Cross, shout out to them for uh, great support of one of our very important local teams. And uh, let's go. Baseball season. Nah, well, we we, we got to get through football season and hockey season. Uh, but before you know it, the fish will be back and um, games are going to be better than ever next year. Down at the ballpark, now Blue Cross Park, officially announced today by the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. All right, let's get to the cool bet lines for tonight and allow me to quickly take a victory lap for yesterday. Um, anyone in chat ride with me on the WST parlay? Jets to win, Mark Shifley to score, Josh Morrissey to get a point. Cash that one at plus 375. And then Dusty and I also got in the winner's circle with our lock shot partner parlay, which was the Rangers, the Flames, and the Colorado Avalanche last night at plus 425. So a very good day in the lock shop. We weren't pushing it today because there's not a ton of action, but three pretty interesting games tonight. Um, the Sens are in Toronto to take on the Maple Leafs. Leafs minus 159 favorites. Ottawa is plus 135. I think Dusty was picking the day over at EST was Matthews to score. He just continues to be a scoring machine minus 117 for a Matthews goal tonight and an over under of seven for two teams that both give them up and uh, can light the lamp. Um, next up, we've got the Panthers and Capitals 
Paul Maurice and his crew in D.C. to take on the Caps. The Panthers are a minus 139 favorite. And the Capitals are plus 118. And uh, the game I'm most looking forward to tonight, Las Vegas, Sin City, the Stanley Cup champion Golden Knights hosting the Los Angeles Kings. These teams went to, uh, I remember there was a shootout or overtime earlier this year when Vegas won the first matchup. Um, I'm actually high on L.A. tonight. I think if I'm going to make a little sprinkle, it might be on the visitors in that late game to see if uh, the Kings can stick one to, uh, to Vegas. Yeah, these teams always play tight. I did see Vegas had some injuries. I believe Chandler Stevenson uh, is out for them. We saw him, got a good look at him in the playoffs. And, of course, the two games. And I think L.A. does have, you know, three solid lines centered by Kopitar, Dano, and PLD. So I do like, you know, these big history in the Pacific Division with these two teams. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I agree with you. There, sure. Go with the uh, the underdog. Yeah, I'm going to take a little sprinkle on the Kings tonight, I think. And my other one, there's a lot of NBA action. We won't go through it all. But I am taking Wemby. Victor Wembanyana, over 19.5 points. His first game at MSG against the New York Knicks. So we got into a few Wemby props today on the lock shop. Uh, CFL update. People are liking the favorites so far. Toronto opened as 10.5-point favorites against the Alouettes. They're now 11-point favorites. And the Bombers opened as 4.5-point favorites against BC. They're now 5-point favorites. Uh, and as far as the Grey Cup goes, Argos are the favorite to win it at plus 115. You can get the Bombers at plus 165 to win the Grey Cup right now over at CoolBet. If you haven't played a CoolBet before, use the promo code WST on your first deposit for a 100% bonus, up to 200 bucks on that first deposit. And don't forget, Monday to Friday, before Winnipeg Sports Talk, join us over at Edmonton Sports Talk, myself and Dustin Nielsen, Monday to Friday, breaking it down. Uh, you know, in those slower days, we kind of do uh, what we normally do on a hit, just talk about the big stories of the day, then dive into the lines all over at EST starting at noon, Winnipeg time. Hey, before we go, Remus, we have a trade to announce. Actually, a couple today. Um, Bill Garrett and the Minnesota Wild getting a little busy. Uh, Brandon Manitoba's Caden Addison is on his way to the San Jose Sharks, and it didn't take long for them to fill that spot on the blue line by acquiring a former Jet. Yeah, we got a couple trades here. So the first one happened uh, around 11.30, close to noon. They traded defenseman Kalen Addison, who was a second-round pick uh, by the Penguins. I think he was in, came over in the Jason Zucker trade. And, look, they had played him on power play one for a while, but they didn't really trust him uh, defensively. And he's off to the Sharks for right-wing Adam Raska and a fifth-round pick in 2026. And then the Sharks making another move. They've acquired former Jet Zach Bogosian. The Wild. Yeah, the wild. wild, wild acquired. Did I say? Uh, but, yeah, you said the sharks. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. Bogo's yeah, yeah. not going to San Jose. Don't no. worry, folks. <laughs> that would be cruel and unusual at this point in his yes, career. Yes, the wild getting Zach Bogosian for a seventh pick in 2025 from Tampa Bay. So those are the two moves the wild are making, and we're kind of a lot of talk. You know, when the waivers come out, at one Jack Campbell did clear waivers, and he's been assigned to Bakersfield of the AHL. So uh, that was. This isn't quite Jack Campbell level of shocking the trades today, but uh, they're still moves. They're they're in season trades. Yeah, and I mean, hey, listen, we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll get a taste of the Wild next month 
quite looking forward to uh, those matchups. And uh, I guess we got the, oh, yeah, the back-to-back 1 p.m. games in Winnipeg and in Minnesota on the 30th of December, which is a Saturday, Mm. and then the 31st, New Year's Eve, 1 p.m. in Mini. I imagine there'll probably be a lot of Winnipeggers maybe heading down for that game and then yeah. uh, taken in, although it is nope. sort of funny. If you go to one game, you got to just get right on the horn and uh, right on the uh, road, I should say, afterwards and get down there for the next one. But um, it'll be good. I did what look at, say? you know, for, sorry, you brought this up when you were talking with Scott about uh, the previous culture with the Jets. We didn't even mention this. that The Jets, you know, their last road trip was three games in three different time zones in Vegas, Arizona, <laughs> Thank God and, we banned we Louis. banned time zones. We didn't even we, we didn't talk mention about those anymore. We didn't mention it once. Like we didn't hear going to sales. Oh man, this is a real hard one. You know, third game and third different time zone in a row. It's gonna be real tough out there. So never came up. But I did look at the schedule. There's no Black Friday game in Minnesota this year. So we can thank the thank NHL schedule. Thank God. They they are in Florida. They have what Tampa on the 22nd and then the 24th against the Panthers, but yeah, not in Minnesota, which historically has not been a good time for the Winnipeg Jets. You know, I'm uh, just going through this schedule right now, and it was dawning upon me. I'm like, when the heck do we play the Canucks? Yeah. I don't think the Jets play Vancouver until the 9th of March. It'll give them plenty of time to cool off. Good. Uh, And then another game with Vancouver, the last game of the season is Jets and Canucks. Uh, on April 18th at Canada Life Center. So a uh, little while before Vancouver gets here, what a start they've had, as we talked about with Farhan a little later on today. Um, but, uh, yeah, March 9th, the, the Jets are in Vancouver, and then uh, they're here, and I guess, is that right? Oh, and they also play on the 17th of February in Vancouver. So, yeah, three games this year, you know, with the Pacific teams, two in Vancouver, and then uh, the only visit of the Canucks, last game of the season. So it'll be a while till we see Vancouver here in uh, here in Winnipeg. Uh, great show today. I mean, a big thanks to Farhan for jumping on. Always good stuff with her boy Billick. He'll be all over uh, the latest with the potential Nito Niederreiter extension. And again, big news for the uh, team down at the ballpark. Uh, tomorrow, big game day show. Murata Tesh will join us. We'll have the latest on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We'll really dive into the last couple days of practices. Tomorrow is a closed practice for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, You know, all week, what's dominating this program? The West Final, the Jets returning home, winners of two in a row, a great end to the road trip, and now let's see if they can get a great start to the homestand tomorrow, 7 o'clock Nashville, down at Canada Life Centre. Hopefully we'll see you there. Tickets, of course, are available. That's going to do it for us. Thanks to uh, all of our sponsors. Don't forget that Trevor Linden autographed jersey contest will begin tomorrow. Tune in for that. And uh, otherwise, enjoy a quieter Wednesday night before the Jets are back at it tomorrow. Appreciate you all in chat today. And all you podcast listeners, thanks for making us a part of your day. Tell a friend about WST and how they can subscribe on the pod or on YouTube. For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. We'll see you tomorrow for a game day edition of WST as the Jets kick off five at home against the Nashville Predators. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. 
Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 